and welcome to Spotlight, the official podcast of Grapple. I'm Benno. I'm JP. And I'm Gareth. And how are we, lads? Not much to talk about this week. World didn't almost end last week. There wasn't. There was a coup in America. Yeah, the whole world's falling apart. It's uh, yeah, good time to podcast about wrestling, though. You know, we've uh, got plenty to chat about, JP. Yeah, we have, haven't we? I'm sure you want to talk yeah, about wrestling. Of... Yeah, wrestling. Yeah, um, it was pretty hard to concentrate on wrestling in the week when um, an act of coup is going on by the some of the world's most stupid people, <laughs> and a man dressed up as a shaman, which you know you had to look at the whole thing. What an absolute fucking shit show that was. And it certainly made it difficult to watch AEW that night, didn't it? <laughs> Where you suddenly had to switch to, oh, I wonder what's going to happen with this Omega Moxley thing, to, I think there's a coup on the doorstep. This is, this is a bit like, let's just go out and get pissed and not think about it. Yeah, it's a bizarre fucking week. Yeah, 300,000 people found something else to do as well, rather than watch Dynamite, and I'm pretty sure that's what those uh, those people found mm. to do. Should have done a tie-in, you know? <laughs> Get the uh, get the man with the staff in. You know, there's, there's plenty they could have done there. It was uh... well, it, it would be um, truly WWE with a uh, Drake Wirtz and the rest of them. They're like the proper like Flip Gordon on Parlor as well. No, Talking no, it's not him. Cons- it's not him. Apparently, it's an it's a it's oh, an it JP. That's what we've uh, that's what we found. And it happens a lot. You know, a lot of right. people get hacked. It's like um, <laughs> I think Kurt Angle lot. was the first, wasn't he? I remember years ago, him like doing a tweet like uh, "LOL, how do you change your Twitter password" or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> Try, just trying was to work this, out was the smoking that Shaniqua woman he used to beat the shit out of him. Well, yeah, I think those those were the yeah. stories. Yeah, yeah, it just happens a lot with these poor wrestlers. Look, JP, they get dropped on the heads and necks a lot. You know, I don't know why. Why do you not expect them to be brain surgeons? I I feel like they they should be the smartest people in the world. No, um, yeah. I mean, if you if you shocked a man like I put on Twitter, if you shocked a man named Flippy Gordon, isn't particularly smart. I don't know what to tell you to be honest. Find another hobby, probably. They're all shit. Most not all. Most of them are shit. Oh, you know what I'll say, JP? Fifty percent of them are shit because seventy-five million idiots voted for Trump. So probably some mm. of them are going to be your favorite wrestlers. That's just how it is. That's just what it is. I think a shockingly high percentage of them. Mm. I think I think they break like Florida voters, don't they? Um, which is where a lot of them live as well, don't uh, they? So they, they, they live there and they work for a you know. There's only the, there's only the few of them. I mean, Mick Foley was pretty outspoken about it. I mean, and I mean, I think about like the politics or his of, favorite woman's wrestler of the week. Sorry, we're not allowed to talk about that. <laughs> missed out on that sorry what did you not see the entire chapters of his book that were dedicated to Molina that one year like <laughs> don't know if, if Mick Foley is your uh, your choice for... I'm not going to say anymore because Gareth's on the line I don't want to get grappled sued but you know <laughs> choose, choose your woke this heroes carefully comp- everyone I'm not accusing him of anything I'm just saying he comes across very Joshi fan that's all I'm saying I'll just say don't have heroes that's yes. my... and don't yeah. make them wrestlers that would make sense wouldn't it yeah, yeah. I, I would say what Linda McMahon did was a lot worse mm. because she funded one of the super packs that actually, um, like, de- where where they were distributing all the stuff about, like, kind of the conspiracy bullshit about the election and it being rigged. And they've gone sort of full boring on Trump. So as easy as it is to kind of dunk on Jericho for donating to the Republican Party. I mean, he's he's lost like 120 grand or whatever. And good. Chris Jericho and Chris Irvine both there, uh, both there, uh, did they? They did was- just separate individual Chris Irvine. He's independently wealthy. 
<laughs> and it's quite funny because one of it what was his second last podcast was like the conspiracies of 2020 and it's like yeah and they've gone into 2021 mate i'm not sure if you're aware of this particularly funny was the antifa um like people who apparently in who apparently infiltrated it it's not them oh, is, is what they're saying yeah. like it, it, it's it's actors jp it's uh it's bad actors what do they call it black the flag last- or something False flags. Oh, false flags. Yeah, that fucking Alex Jones shite. I used to think he was always funny with him bullshit. in like 2003. There was a video on Twitter of him being like, you know, all that Q nonsense, you fucking idiots. Shut up, stop it. If Alex Jones is telling Broken you that you're dumb. twice a day, isn't it? <laughs> That's the Q thing. I just think it's like, so the idea is, is just to be absolutely clear on this, is that the world is run by a group of satanic pedophiles and the only person who can save them is a former reality TV host. And, like, it, that's your logic where it's like, yeah, and I'm on the side of the reality TV host. Like, you need sectioning. Yeah. Or I've got some magic beans to sell you for a million a pop. Like, seriously. Because that's just gullibility in the fucking extreme. And people will believe a lot of stuff that I'm deeply cynical over. But in this case, I don't have any sympathy because this is clearly stupid shit, but they've gone along with it. The only hope is, well, I mean, like, I don't know, there's all stuff happening with Trump at the moment and he's kind of denied it and he called them special people. And I thought, well, that's one way of it. Special is one way of describing them. Um, but like, they are like absolute fucking shower of assholes as well. It's pissing off Vince that he's thrown a load of money into this. I'm just waiting for the big story to break about the funding of it when they look into it because this will be a big thing because Linda McMahon donating this. Yeah, yeah. That'll be the like, token jacket. Ne- yeah. They'll never backtrack on this stuff, won't they? I mean, like, what? Unless next year they put in Oscar Pistorius or something like that and just decide to put in, treat it as a bastard's hall of fame. <laughs> Which I'm sure you would back up, but you know. Um. 150%, mate. <laughs> that is it. Like, uh, at the end of the day, like, if you don't think uh, Trump and Vince McMahon are best friends, Trump only follows about like mm. 80 people on Twitter. One of them's Vince McMahon, mm. you know? Like, I'm sure they, uh, they share a lot of values and we all we all pump a lot of money into that company, which which does get, yep. you know, I've heard people determine it and talk about it as like the big Trump fundraiser. And, you know, in a lot of ways it, it was. Uh, uh, although they shied away from it on TV, to be fair. They were at least smart enough to do that and not uh, not outright uh, endorse uh, Trump on TV and they kept it very, uh, very down the middle, but... You know, there's a lot of wrestlers out there that'll do it for you. Your Canes, your your Val Venuses, who I've seen posting some very broken brain stuff on uh, on Twitter the last few days. Uh, they they'll fight the fight for you anyway. Can't handle his fucking gear. That's the problem. <laughs> Can't it? Typing that fucking nonsense. All thought- white lads, as well, I might add. Yeah. Just throw into the mix. One of the very obvious things about how. A policeman died after one of these rallies. After seven months of um, BLM protests, I don't think any police officers have died. And these are people who are apparently all very Blue Lives Matter. Well, they weren't fucking Blue Lives Matter that day, were they, on Wednesday? Yeah, sorry to throw in the serious stuff as well, just to bring across the point that these people are fucking arseholes. And I don't think we should humour their bollocks anymore with this nonsense. Agreed. Anyway. <laughs> sorry. 
<laughs> Agreed. I found that funnier than I should have. <laughs> yeah, and like I, said, I think it's probably why I've, I think it's probably why I've said nothing for the last five minutes because, like, <laughs> I'm just, I just uh, uh, to me, it's just like uh, your yeah. name's on the door, Gareth. You got to be careful. No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just not, not. You know, it's to me, it's just like, oh, just uh, it is just nonsense to me. It's just like something that's just like it's like it's on another fucking planet or something like that. And it's science. Uh, I, I just don't want to get fucking embroiled in it and think about it and get wound up by it. And you know, I've seen what it does to JP. So, um, so yeah, as far as I'm concerned, just get out of my fucking life. <laughs> Uh, well, you had much busier things on this weekend, wasn't it? It was you were in the COVID cent, COVID <laughs> central. Yeah, Crosby got a Crosby actually got like special dispensation this weekend, didn't it, Gareth? There's no uh, no COVID in Crosby, I don't think. Yeah, no. Apparently, when uh, when Tottenham come into town, it's uh, it's all right. You're absolutely totally immune from COVID on College Road. Uh, it seemed to be the case at about fucking half past three, an hour and a half before kickoff, when I uh, nipped to the co-op down there, and the streets were absolutely like lined with people. It was fucking ridiculous. So um, yeah, and then you know when you see like the photos and all that of everyone outside the ground, you just like. All stood there next to the police. You're just like, what the hell's going on? This, this is just like, this is just a, a, allowed to happen. Meanwhile, those uh, those graphs, uh, the, the line on that graph just keeps going up and up and up. But hey, Gareth Bale's in town. Hey, let's let's get COVID. I'll be honest. I, I did. I did kind of do the same thing when Batman came to town to Walton. I was stood in a big group, <laughs> but I was wearing my mask, so you know, I, I, I did. Uh, I did cover myself. And I feel like Batman's a, a better occasion to go out than Gareth Bale coming to play Marine and. Uh, <laughs> on College Road in Crosby, you know, I feel like there's more, more to that. It's more of a special occasion. Yeah, yeah. Ba- Batman or Toby Alderweireld? You're going with <laughs> Batman every time, aren't you? That's worth a bit of COVID. But uh... I don't know. I saw a photo of uh, some bloke had taken a photo that he took from his back garden when Gareth Bale's playing. And he's just like in his garden. That's what's so fucked up about um, it. Like that Marine Stadium. Like I don't know about you, Gareth. Like I've been that stadium so many times. Like I've like gone to. I've been to watch Marine. I've been to watch. To be honest, I'm a bit of a traitor. I go to watch AFC Liverpool sometimes, just because it's cheaper than going to see Marine. I'm a cheapskate. Um, it's only a fiver, and Marine's a tenner. And you get the added bonus of them uh, treating it like it's a real Liverpool game and playing. You'll never walk alone on the speakers to the, to about a hundred <laughs> people in the crowd. Um, Good. Trying to sing along. It's a. It's a you make uh, it sound more like that McDowell's restaurant in Coming to America, don't you? <laughs> oh, They're just ripping off Liverpool. <laughs> they make it a laugh, mate. The, the, the guy on the Tano, which was sad, wasn't there on BBC. Or do, like a player will come on, and like there was one where he looked particularly young, and he was like, uh, "Coming on, the captain of the number, sorry, the under 11s John Smith." And like he just, <laughs> they just have a laugh, mate. It's only it's 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 low level football. It doesn't matter, but yeah, it's so so surreal though to see like to go to games like that there to see all like those gardens that literally back onto the field and genuinely you know balls get kicked into those gardens and people do have to go around and knock on the door um and then like yeah they've got the numbers on the fences haven't they they have yeah yeah and imagine you live there that's where grapple tower should be um you looking out your back window and gareth bale's just running past with the ball or knock, <laughs> knocking on your door asking for his ball back that's what we want it would have been useful though because i was just thinking like oh i could have just had like a massive uh like bed sheet up there with like grappleapp.com on there or something like that you know we could have had some good free advertising going on in uh in well, the BBC gardens yeah absolutely if only we'd, we'd known someone there but kind of just felt like a massive fraud this weekend because you just because obviously it's this big thing that's going on in crosby and like everyone's like you know going mad about it and it's it's something that everyone's all like dead positive and into but literally the only time i've ever been to marine is to watch work it and when like 
my hometown team are, are playing there and like in league games. So I'm always there, like shouting for the other team against Marine. So I kind of kind of felt like a bit of a fraud just because it was the local team from one minute around the corner there and kind of cheering them on a little bit against uh, uh, Spurs. And at least when that lad hit that shot and it hit the bar, like oh. oh god, if only that had gone in, that would have been awesome. But but yeah, it's, it, I, I just find it a bit weird. Like maybe I couldn't. I don't know. Given that I've lived in Crosby now for like 15 years, if they were called Crosby, I might actually have like a little bit of some association to them because it's like where I've spent half my life living. But like, come on, Marine. It just sounds a bit stupid. Like, come on, Marine. Like, come on. like it's just a word kind of thing. It's not a place. It's, it's, it's a bit like can't, can't, can't buy into network that. solutions in Wales. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I, can't, I can't buy into that, that idea of chewing on Marine. So um, They'll be dancing in the streets of Marine tonight. Yeah. <laughs> Can we buy them and rename them Grapple FC, what do you think? That could work. Not anymore. They must, like, they've probably walked away from that with about half a million quid or a million quid in there, I think. So if we're a bit late to the party there. Maybe 12 months ago, it wouldn't have been, wouldn't how, have been a bad how, shout. How much were the virtual tickets? Because they sold, what, 30,000 of those? Yeah, yeah they were a tenner a pop. So. Yeah, so the proper quids in there. I think I think even just to lose in the third round of the FA Cup, you get about two hundred grand or something, and then obviously live on the Beeb as well. So, you know, they must be walking away with the best part of three quarters of a million, a million quid out of it. So, like fair fucks to them. That's like you know, like you know, spot on for them, isn't it? Really, but um, I don't know. I just it's just the other side of it where you just see everyone there. Oh, but like all these people on the streets, oh, marine, and they're all there and they're all cheering along. And you think, fuck off! It's like seventy-five people there at the games, and then you suddenly you're all jumping <laughs> on the pad wagon now because Spurs are rolling into town. There's always that like part of me that just can't, I can't get over, yeah. I can't get over that kind of thing. You're just like, come on, yeah, show up when they are playing, working, and the fucking mighty Reds are battering them. Come on. Um, my, uh, my mate Paul was he's like a hardcore fan of them he's on he did the podcast this week Crescendo Way there you go there's a plug he was on their podcast this week talking about it because he is one of the you know couple hundred people who do follow them and like go to away games and stuff like that but yeah we, to be fair Gareth even we got in on it I was the one um, pestering you to do a, do a good luck uh, marine tweet on the grapple account <laughs> we're just as bad as the rest of them all I've got, I, oh, I've, yeah. got I've got family connections JP I've never played there but you know my cousin used to play for marine you know my dad's played there all of my other cousins have, have played games of football there like, like cup finals and stuff unfortunately i chose wearing trunks in wigan so i uh i never got quite got the honor myself but you know family connection there hey, don't don't underestimate that if, if you ever go to japan and you tell them that you wrestled in wigan they'll just have you down as one of these snake bit lads won't they and you'll have like <laughs> ultimate respect you'll, you'll be getting fucking ribera jackets handed your way and all sorts you'll be uh... <laughs> should do that <laughs> Not quite Just the respect you get from playing at Marine. Billington Bruiser, Benno, <laughs> Benno Billington. That's straight, right. from the, That's straight from the snake pit. <laughs> Those little Billington uh, their cousins, I'll uh, I'll be the third one of them. There you go. It's not too late. <laughs> like like, like you just be like the Lance von Erich of, of of your day, but you've got a Ribera jacket out of it, rather than working with some coked up maniacs in Dallas. Okay. I, I feel like I got out at the right time, so you know it's all good. I'm, you I'm did. Not... I, as I said to you privately, I'm, I'm. You've kept this like footballing prestige bit of the family quite quiet. And I, I, I think now, you know? 
You team. I'd be shouting out from the fucking rooftops <laughs> if my dad played. That's. Did he get a jersey? Uh, yes. You know In what? other words, he played for them. My yeah. dad was literally was he was a very good player. Like, and he got to the point where they were gonna have him. In like, this is like the eighties or like the early eighties. So like, it's a different world. But like, they they were interested in him for the first team. So my uncle tells the story. But apparently, they wanted him to like go away, and he had a bit of an ego apparently, and they didn't like that, and they wanted him to go away and learn some stuff and come back. And my dad was just like. Ah, fuck this fuck them they don't know what they're talking about and just never went back so Wait, I, could, I could be the son of an 85 cup final i know uh, he could have played in that 85 cup final he could have turned it round honestly and it would be a statue of, it'd be another statue a statue of your dad <laughs> next to Dixie Dean there around there perhaps building that other bit where there's loads more room that kind of wasteland of a field could be a different history instead like my, my best claim to fame of my family mm. yeah, my cousin played for Marine and he played for like the youth level Liverpool team and stuff and went to America and played for a college you know that that, that was always I was, I was always impressed by that like he managed to talk his mm. way into like getting a, a college a scholarship in America. That's as good as it goes. Like your Eric played at Marines, didn't he, Gareth? You were telling us offline. Yeah, yeah. Like he used to go to like Jamie Jamie Carragher training sessions there at Marines. So he there was uh, he was there, he was there going like oh, I used to go there training every week and like look Deli Alley's following in my footsteps there running out on the uh, Marine pitch and it was just like ah uh, like uh, but like. Just it, it is mental, like especially like to him, like what a what a head fuck that like Marine and that was just like on TV around the corner and like that's literally never going to happen again in his entire lifetime, is it? <laughs> like that they're going to be was... in the third round of the FA Cup live on the BBC. I was like, enjoy this while you can, mate. <laughs> I'm also right in thinking that your Sarah spotted some potential rule breaking going on by name. Oh, oh yeah, she was. Uh, she, yeah, there's a lot she of people in she wanted she wanted the COVID police round just to um just to come and come and lay the law a bit there. But given how uh, given how the police were just fucking standing there, uh, letting all the uh, all the masses stand around them, I don't think they're going to be doing that. But she she did notice one uh, lazy uh, lazy bitch, as she referred to her, as who she used to work with. Who used, who, who used to be off? Uh, she, she was always off on the sick when she was clearly just lazy. But she was there quaffing a quaffing a prosecco in the back garden. Um, so uh, <laughs> she was someone who she was definitely looking for the COVID police to. Come and uh, maybe uh, maybe give it a bit of time off work for other reasons. Oh, those, those poor people, I added to the atmosphere so much. That was like when you watched it on 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 BBC, they were they played mm. the game with with fake crowd noise, like it was WrestleMania or like the, the FA Cup final, <laughs> like at Marine. What you really wanted is you wanted the sounds of those people drinking prosecco in the gardens. Yeah. You wanted the old fellow in his back garden shouting over the fence and calling Jose Mourinho a nonce. That was. I- that was the beauty of the FA Cup. Like, that's what you wanted. I like those people. I love those grounds that are like, so that ground is literally in the middle of like a load of houses, which makes it just in a decent, nice by Liverpool, which makes you think, I imagine there's property developers who would have been fucking all over that, who are probably crushed by that draw. So it's another good reason why Marine <laughs> got that draw in there as well. But those kind of grounds where you could see into people's houses, the only one I can sort of really remember, because I used to go quite a bit, was Barnet's Ground in Underhill, where on one side they had, like, it was a, a, a terribly run football club for a very, very long time that somehow got league status, um, absolutely run by a con man. But you could see into people's houses, including what I'm assuming was somebody taking a shit where they're going to a back frosted window. You can see an outline and then you can just see the head move slightly down as if they're sitting down, um, which actually was possibly the highlight of that. What was the end old league two campaign where they got relegated? They were awful. 
There you go. Non-league memories for everyone. Um, not that it was particularly long, long for Tottenham, JP. I could imagine you watching that game when, what's his name, Vinicius? Vinicius? Ugh. We were celebrating like he'd celebrating scored a goal. Like he's a f- yeah, oh, their arms crossed like he just he just scored the tap in against like a plumber or something like fuck me what a gobshite that lad might have a have a, have a history like a future as like a a heel in wrestling or something if it never turns out apparently freddie flintoff's looking at joining nxt uk so you know if, if it doesn't work out for him in 40 mm. it's an option what a gobshite thing. yeah i get why you hate does, spurs does, now does, does, does does freddie flintoff need 13 grand a year that bad you might just do it for the fun of it he was very good when he was on that um what's it called freddie flintoff travels the world show i can't remember what it was called flintoff versus the world or something him and him and darren goff doing Andrew some Andrew flintoff goes on holiday with darren goff basically really yeah and gets, was, and gets yeah. channel four or whoever to pay for it they did some lucha in the first episode of that show when they went to mexico and you're not going to believe me but darren goff genuinely had skills like he was like he's a little plump fella isn't he basically at this point in his life he's got he's, the build. Is it, He's a bit Dean Allmark, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. So, yeah, he's got that. Yeah. <laughs> Probably about the same age as well. Sorry, Dino. Um, <laughs> yeah, he was good. Good lad is Dino. Bring him in as a tag team, you know? Yeah, he's, he's top man. He'd, he'd get actually probably ironic. He'd get a decent match out of Darren Goff. I reckon he could work. Oh, he would. Yeah. Is. I mean, that would be something you could go along with. I mean, I remember seeing Flint off do... Did he do... He did a boxing match because his yes. nose got bust afterwards and he was good at that and he sort of threw himself into it he's just at the wrong place because it might suddenly turn into a very different type of show where andrew flintoff investigator has to come in when he as soon as he gets to enfield and i'm just gonna leave it there um (laughs) allegedly Allegedly, (laughs) but like it would be it would be just completely wasted. It'd be like the times when Wade Barrett started on Wayne Rooney. It would just be like a kind of punch and a load of absolute rubbish. Whereas if it was like, I don't know, GPW or Wrestle Island or somewhere like that, it was like a local indie did it. And he did it then as part of a TV. Like, I think there's a lot more value in that. In like one of those kind of kids shows rather than say BT Sports Studios. If we have any indie you know. <laughs> which we don't have um, and there's and there's a preview of this week's BWE yeah speaking yeah, of which well I got I was, I was going to say I got my refund from my TNT ticket anyway for the, for this month that came through so that was oh a, that's good that was, a, that, that was a welcome bit of January cash there for the, the, the show that I probably shouldn't have bought a ticket for that uh, definitely was never going to go ahead that you know I was surprised to see that cash come back so easily so must have listened to last January week's podcast <laughs> uh, what were you gonna say jp i completely forgotten mate oh well um, no idea now sorry <laughs> sorry Fair enough. apologies oh brit res there we go we're, we're gonna give a sneaker plug in there yeah you are it's on dead uh... apparently i don't know which bastard said that well um... you're gonna come on uh, on thursday to tell us all about it jp you're gonna be on the, the british wrestling experience with me and martin uh, we're gonna do yes. talk a bit of the news, do a bit of a. We can't, we just can't justify a year-end wrap-up show for Brit Res this year, because yeah, 
Brit Res match of the year is like yeah, you know, from the first two months. Here's the matches. Let's mm, just we'll have to use that crime watch music again, wouldn't we? <laughs> uh. But we thought time of year, JP. We have to get you on um, to to chat some of the uh, the more recent stuff. So, yes, yeah, that'll be fun for people to look forward to. And obviously, yeah, if anyone's uh, was waiting for our match of the year podcast over here on Grapple, speaking of which, uh, that's going to be next week. Um, we're going to be going through our top ten matches of the year. We're going to have a few voicemails from a few uh, friends of the show um, coming in. We're going to be recording next week and joining us to record. It's the uh, the great Alan Farrell as well. So. Yeah, he's going to... I'm sure he'll have an, an interesting top 10 countdown that'll uh, put us three to shame. Uh, got some homework to do there, I reckon, Gareth. Yeah, definitely. I'm a bit, a bit worried about that. It's uh, it's going to run rings around us. So, yeah, I need, need that extra week just to just to swat up and uh, mm-hmm. get the uh, get the details in there because, uh, yeah, delight, delighted to have uh, Alan on the show. I think it's going to be a belter. Mm. He, he gave us a sneak preview of his list and um surprised by the amount of Raw matches he's got <laughs> in, uh, top 50. <laughs> to give everyone a little bit of a no that was wh park uh, I, I forget <laughs> they're just every every monday night it's raw 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 with them they never stop the, the great otis versus took a feud of 2020 <laughs> exactly so, going down well in the list of it can you imagine it's very much the masawa kawada of the of its day though isn't it in some ways <laughs> can you imagine being one the of those lineage. like WWE centric reviewers and having to do that be like that the WWE feud of the year is I couldn't name you one like what happened this year I suppose you know what actually I could say Roman Reigns and just in general uh, I'd, I'd probably pick Roman Reigns for every category but yeah uh, God love him that's probably a harder job than doing the Brit Red show we're doing on Thursday JP it's, I was going to say, watching that is like, again, another Simpsons reference being that bloke who works in that New Year's themed restaurant at Itchy and Scratchy Land and he's just like they just go you must love it here new year's every day and he just goes please kill me um like watching that stuff i yeah well speaking of which it happens rarely for a reason but here we are this week <laughs> well there's a couple of new stories we do for a reference to do with them apparently drew mcintyre's got covid and you know that's relevant because I feel like he's not going to be the the, the last is the is the thing. There's lots of uh, nope. lots of stories out there about uh, other wrestlers potentially um, it might be coming out soon. And just generally, I think over the Christmas yeah. period there were a lot of uh, parties and the like going on. So you know, it's uh, it's a bad time. But yeah, he's been pulled from Raw tonight. Um, and yeah, it's just a symptom of the times, really, isn't it? I, I can't say. I saw I saw it making like big news headlines. I can't say it hugely shot me. I think it's just coming, isn't it? There's gonna be, you know, was it Nick or Matt Jackson? I think it was Nick Jackson, wasn't it? Like confessed that yeah. a few months ago when you know they kept doing those segments on the show where Matt would be talking to Nick off screen, and it was because he had really bad COVID for three weeks. Um, you know, it's everywhere mm. right now. You know, personally, like. My dad's self-isolating because his wife has got COVID. My mum is self-isolating because she come into contact with someone with COVID. Matthew was on the show a couple of weeks ago. He tested positive for COVID this week. It's everywhere. You know, obviously send our best yeah. to, to Matty. Uh, and my mum and dad, if they're listening to this, I doubt they are, but Matty will be. Uh, and he's fine. <laughs> you know, he's getting by. But it is everywhere right McIntyre, now. Drew McIntyre, he'll almost certainly be listening to this. Ah, you know, I suppose Drew McIntyre as well. He's a big, he's a, big a bigger fan. name than Drew McIntyre, though. Come on. <laughs> yeah, you know what? Did Gareth do this? Gareth, did you did you do a hex on Drew? Is that what happened? I just wanted that to voodoo test class is paid off. Yeah, yeah, I just wanted to test. I just wanted to see what impact it would have on the Raw rating if, D- if Drew McIntyre, <laughs> the WWE champion, wasn't on there anymore. I'm sure it's going to absolutely decimate the rating because he's such a big draw and such a big star. But, we, you know, you wouldn't want to wish uh, wish ill health on anyone. Yeah. So get well soon, soon, Drew. But more importantly, get well soon, Matty. 
yeah there you yeah. go that's the big name there isn't it in that list um but yeah like from a from a wrestling point of view like obviously the raw number will be down because you know matty's sick but you know in general <laughs> <laughs> saying that i don't even laughing at this i don't think he even was look it's like that episode when gareth had covid jp and we just ripped the piss out of him for 10 minutes and by, by we i mean me um <laughs> to, yeah. to, to the point where we got a couple of complaints but you know gareth knew it was in there <laughs> It's a lot scarier now, though. I would say that. It's like a real, it? it really is. It it's, is absolutely... And oh, it's, scary. it's scarier when other people have it. But when I have it. <laughs> Look, off air, guys, well, we were very nice. <laughs> yeah. I, I offered to drop Matty's shopping off, you know. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not a monster. Yeah. Uh, I gave you thoughts and prayers from a distance. What more, oh, Honestly. Thank, thank you. Yes. Yeah, I appreciated those thoughts. It did. Drew McIntyre in the dance, he can fight for himself, you know. Uh, it's, but it's... Over Christmas though, there was loads of those like videos, wasn't there, JP? Sorry, it, like it is like there was a lot of that. Like Adam Cole, I know it was a nice video, but like there was a, a video mm. of Adam Cole hanging around with the AW locker room. Wasn't the last time there was a bigger outbreak? Wasn't there a lot of cross pollination? Like I think that's what's happened at Christmas in the UK. Generally, like people meeting up for Christmas and you know seeing people they don't always see and getting mm. round. It feels like we're probably on the you know the cusp of another one of those. I think it's happening in football too. It's just everywhere in the world, yeah. isn't it? You can't avoid it. It's not even particularly a wrestling story at this point. Well, I was, re- I was, I was like reading something and they were saying about like, oh, should we put the Premier League on hold? And I was thinking, that's the last thing you want to do. It was Everything was fine while they had a bit of fucking structure in their lives and they were all being separated. Give them a few days off for Christmas and they're all there uh, fucking yeah. putting the parties on and getting all sorts together. I was thinking, if, if, you, if you ban football for two months, they're going to be there fucking... You know, there's going to be parties all over the place with God knows who getting invited to them, and you know there'll, there'll be no football for about two years probably on the back on oh, the back yeah. of that. Get, get a bit of structure in their lives, keep them separated. You know, that, that, that's what they need, and probably the same for the wrestlers as well. Just uh, yeah, just to get them a uh, get get them toe in the line. That's that's what you, that's what you need to do. I'd fear for Grealish. I mean, I don't know how he would take it if those photos or anything to go by. <laughs> and I don't know who the other player was. I'm trying to think. Was it Kyle Walker? Who was setting up uh, parties and all the rest of it? Yeah, there was, <laughs> like, there was, there was him, and there was wasn't there Gabriel Jesus photos in bed with someone who was also yeah. in bed with Diego Costa as well. So you know, it's not just Premier as League; it's spent La Liga and all sorts. You know, it's, and, it, uh, and it's playing havoc with our fancy football teams, lads. So you know, it's it's affecting. It everyone. is. <laughs> That's well, you can't apparently. you can't plan, can you? <laughs> well, you know, how can you plan your FPL team if they're off having group sex at every available opportunity? <laughs> like, I mean, there's no fucking thought into that whatsoever, is it? They're not thinking of you, JP. They're not thinking of you in the Graffa League. Any, any, any chance of a gangbang, and they're there, aren't they? And it's like, well, cheers, lads. You know, I'm not concerned about my minus four. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was I was about to go into like uh, the, the Dominic Calvin Lewin. This is the question I wanted to ask, and Ben, you said you'd answer this on it. Is it worth playing a free hit this week? It is. If anyone's in he the says grapple- this a Monday night. And I'm assuming it stops tomorrow about three o'clock. Is it? Is that the deadline? Thirty, I think, is the deadline. Uh, at, at, at time, this will come out today. Anyone in the Grapple League, I'll mm. keep this short because I'm sure the people who don't care about fancy football are sick of this by now. But if you're in the Grapple League, do your free hit this week, everyone. There's only a couple of games playing because of the the COVID sex parties. So that is that is your move. Bring in a bring in. You get a whole fresh team, and then next week you're back to your normal team. And next week's a double game week as well. And uh, that's where the kings are made in this sport, aren't they, Gareth? That's where uh, you know we separate the men from the 
boys. So, yeah, do that. Free hit this week. You should have wildcarded last week. If you didn't, get as many double game week players as you can out next week and then maybe wildcard later in the season because it's going to carry on like this. Same as wrestling. There's just, you know, there's so much up in the air. Like, teams are getting COVID. Uh, there's other, you know, reasons why games are getting cancelled and moved around and outright replaced. Like, that Spurs-Villa game this mm. week that turned into Spurs-Fulham. You know, it's going to be a crazy period, but this is where the important stuff, you take advantage of it in your fancy football. There you go. So, yeah, do it, JP. It's bad booking by the um, Premier League, isn't it? Getting it Fulham in, in instead. Unfair it's, as well. It's almost like in some ways, like, you know, you're promising. I'm, I can't compare Villa to New Japan and Fulham to Impact, but you can kind of you see go what the general want. point would have been from that. Wouldn't Fulham it, be I just don't think it's a good analogy. Of- nah. It's, yeah, it's, yeah, it's yeah, Sapio yeah. Vega. It's like you're, yeah. you're expecting one thing and Savio Vega comes out. Savio <laughs> Vega comes out. <laughs> that was bad. Mystery tag team partner. There you go. Just don't build it up. If it's oh, going to be Savio Vega, you don't need to tell anyone. Um, what, what, what I'd say is don't forget about that bench boost for the double as well. That's the, uh, there you yeah. go. Good shout. Yeah. Or triple captain. Oh, I've already yeah, used my ben- bench boost. Uh, I've still got triple captain. Two games, JP. Get that Get that bench goalie used on that double game week and then fuck him off and then you never need to have any money in that in that bench goalie again. Yeah, I, 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 okay, that's fine. That gives me and my son something to do before we're actually supposed to be doing work and school respectively. It's to go it's to go through our fantasy league team. I tried to get him to join this call so he could ask you directly because he was quizzing me. I was like, look, ask Benno and Gareth. They know a lot more about this than me. I'll generally give you some bad advice. but. <laughs> We'll start that fancy football co- podcast one day, JP. You can come on as a guest. There you go. He's never coming on this as a guest, so you know that'll, that'll do. Um. No, he, he he would add very little value, and I love him dearly. Um, but <laughs> what about the other I one? Can tell he, he wouldn't. He wouldn't fucking do it, mate. The other one has has got very much a kind of bad news brown style vibe to him, like about this. He just doesn't play well with others. And like, if he joined this, he'd come out with all sorts. I remember him watching that Minoru. He's, he, he's seen some great matches in his time. And a lot of times his reaction is, yeah, whatever. And it was that, it was that fucking 4FW show that he enjoyed the most. Not the raw that I took him to, which was a I mean, fair horrific experience. It was the week that Seth Rollins had got injured. And so there was, it was Owens versus Bros was the main, was, was the main event. And Anthony Agogo was there, and they loved New Day. I don't know what I'm on about now. Anyway, there you go. The past. <laughs> so speaking of New Day and wrestling, we were talking about WWE. We get easily distracted. Look, it's a yeah. <laughs> it's a midland week oh, between uh, between Wrestle Kingdom and Match of the Year. This is what you're getting, everyone. Uh, we were talking about WWE. We were talking about Drew McIntyre. Uh, actually, and actually, this week, while we're on the subject of WWE, I believe at least two of the three of us actually watched some WWE content this week. Um, I mean, me personally, I only watched SmackDown because I knew Adam Pearce was. I'd seen. I was up. I was up late at night, and I saw the spoilers about Adam Pearce. Uh, allegedly being involved and you know I was never I'll be honest I was never the biggest Adam Pearce fan of Ring of Honor but you know he's a retro Ring of Honor guy he's one of my guys so I, lo- I logged on to my, uh, my PC I, lo- I loaded up uh, watch wrestling realised after about 10 minutes of fiddling with streams that it's Smackdown it's on BT Sports I've got the BT Sports app why didn't I just watch it on BT Sports that's how indoctrinated we all in in wrestling um, streaming everyone that you forget when you actually you don't like here. to give them the viewing figures and I respect that you know what that's what it is I'm taking a stand JP and uh, I'm doing it for that reason but yeah I tuned into the last half hour of Smackdown uh, 
legally this week. Um, and I know you uh, you watched some of it as well, Gareth. Um, what did you make of, uh, of our Adam? Was he was he a big takeaway from the show? Adam Pearce, Roman Reigns. What a match. Royal Rumble. That's a main, Royal Rumble main event I've ever heard one. Yeah, I mean, it, it was one of them where, like, that was it when I just, like, got up the next day and I went on Twitter and I saw, like, this, the graphic for it and I was like, what? And then I was <laughs> I was thinking, someone made this kind of thing. And I was like, oh, no, it's actually from the WWE account. And then I was just like, what? But it did perk my interest and it made me think, oh, well, I want to know what this is about kind of thing. Why is this happening? And, you know, like I was saying previously, like, I'd, I've enjoyed Roman Reigns of late on the little, like, on the pay-per-views and things that we've watched recently. I think that before that Kevin Owens match, when they, they put the little package together, I'd said, oh, I wouldn't have minded sort of watching this build-up, like, how does it happen? So I thought, you know what? I'm just going to give some little bits of SmackDown a go here. And then they opened up with a, they opened up with a Roman... Uh, Reigns promo, which was fucking gold. He was absolutely brilliant. Like um, again, again, I don't think either of you did. You did, did you see it then? Or did I've you seen. I've seen like the it? clips uh, on Twitter. I haven't seen the full. It's like a twenty-minute segment, isn't it? Yeah, uh, it was. It, honestly, I, I was just like really into it. I thought Reigns just came across fucking brilliant. He sounded like he was talking like a normal human being. He was just the way he was like cutting Adam Pierce off and just like little mannerisms and things were absolutely ace that he was doing there. They put together like a nice video package to kind of put together like the logic behind the, the reason for Adam Pierce even being there. And I was like, fucking hell, they're like bleeding a bit of logic into their storylines now as well as like giving people, you know, time to talk like human beings on the mic. Something, something's positive is happening here. So like really enjoyed that. And, and, as I was watching it, it was almost like, although he's not like quite the authority figure, it was like Adam Pierce was essentially an authority figure of sorts kind of thing, but he was like weak and he was getting dominated by the heel and getting like made to look like, you know, like less than as opposed to Stephanie McMahon coming and fucking like bitch slapping your monster face, monster heel or something like that, or just like making your, your, you know, leading baby face look like he's got no bollocks or something. So, uh, so that was, that, that went across really well as, uh, as well. So I was like, Oh yeah, this is nice. And then, I wasn't asked about watching anything else, so I just fast-forwarded to the end to that gauntlet match because something that I'd seen on Twitter as well was people talking about um, how Nakamura was apparently back to his old self um, in, in in that match, or he was, you know, he was working hard and it was, you know, it was like the old Nakamura. Now I don't know what drugs those people were fucking on because I didn't see any of that at all. You know, it was just like Nakamura, just it was just a guy. It could have just been, it could have been fucking Yoshihashi in there, really, just going through the uh, going through the motions in a six month tag or something like that. So, like I definitely didn't buy into into that at all. But yeah, the little the little angle at the end with you know Adam Pearce and putting him on top and. Um, you know him scoring the pin meaning he got the title shot for the Royal Rumble it was just a bit different and you know it was just just felt like it was out outside of the cookie cutter formula that we've had to live with for ages and Roman Reigns just again Roman Reigns just looked like a massive fucking hard bastard shithouse heel kind of thing as well and just uh, I it was you know really positive. It didn't make me want to watch any of the rest of the show, but I'm, 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 I'm all in, all in on all in on Roman Reigns, and like I'll be there watching the Royal Rumble, and just quite intrigued to see where this goes now. This plays out because it's clearly something that they've put a bit more thought into over the last few weeks than anything in quite a number of years. I bet you they don't do it now because I'm excited too, and that's mm. the thing. If I put my serious analyst hat on, look, I'm not I'm not daft. This is clearly an indictment on like the WWE and what they think of their roster if they are really going with Adam Pearce in the Royal Rumble title match. Like, I get, I get that criticism. I also think it's the Royal Rumble. The Rumble sells it. You know, 
who really cares. Mm. And again, I wasn't really a big Adam Pearce fan back in the day. I don't think if anyone's honest with themselves, anyone really was a big scrap iron Adam Pearce fan. Like when, 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 and then they'll go like, people will go. Seven Hayes, seven st- stages of hell uh, matches with Colt Cabana. He's a former, he's a former <laughs> NWA champion. Yeah, he's a former NWA champion. Like, you know, in front of 20 people <laughs> in the 2000s, it doesn't count. He's yeah. an NWA champion like Chase Owens is an NWA champion, you know? It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't fucking mean anything. But I'm still into it. Like, or if again... I'm too excited about something WWE doing for it actually to happen now, so I'm sure they'll run some kind of shitty angle on SmackDown and it'll end up being just a bog-standard match with Kevin Owens and Roman Reigns or something. But if they do this match and it's like Adam Pearce, and I might be asking too much here at WWE, especially in 2020, like getting battered, I'd have him juicing a gusher. Like, that'd be great. You know, a mm. little bit of a miracle comeback. You might not get the blood, I suppose, but you might get the little miracle comeback. I, I, I think I'd be quite uh, quite into that. I think if, if we're all probably going to be watching the Rumble, mainly because we'll talk about it on this podcast and uh, some other stuff we're going to be doing in February. But, like, you know, it's it's the Rumble. I'd watch, I, I, it's a, a Rumble match is always entertaining, even if it's bad. And if you're giving me this as well, that's two matches I'm actually interested in on the Rumble card and couldn't have told you that a week ago. We sold you, JP. Well, I was going to say, and even if this match doesn't happen, mm. like I, I kind of almost feel semi-confident that because of the way they've pieced this together over a, over a few weeks and the way these video packages have worked, it actually does feel like something that they've like they've they've written out and planned over a series of weeks to, to get to the Royal Rumble, which is something that we've like talked about them needing to to do a bit more rather than it being something that's just like decided on the fly on the day of the show and Vince rewrites it and things like that. So I'm kind of feeling like I'm quite intrigued to see that if this does just turn out to be some angle or something and then, and then it's not the world title match, Adam Pearce just gets bad and then there's, an, there's another match that night or something like that. I don't know. I'm sort of like semi-intrigued just to just to see how they do it and, you know, um, where they run with to, to get to where they, they want to go here. Like, you know, it's, it's very easy to kind of just come here and shit on everything that they do because in 99% of times you can shit on everything that they do. But, you know, I kind of almost feel like I'll give them that 1% of credit now for this because it's, it's uh, you know, it's made me interested. You want to hear us shit on it? Tune I mean, in on the 1st of February and I'm sure we will. Save ourselves very much for that. It's It's funny when hearing like you two watch this because i when i saw it happen and i just never got around to it at any point it just sort of completely escaped my mind like so much of their booking does so the problem i have is i have no real indication of which way they're going towards mania other than the bookie's favorite is daniel bryan which naturally means they'll do something to fuck him over like like whatever but it won't have the same impact even if he did go ahead and win it anyway and because it is this type of a rumble you would you would think okay I'm happy with your champion being in there with not a top tier star but somebody else you've just given a bit more of a meaty feud to I could see Adam Pierce doing some great bumping because that's really all he needs to do it's not about his offense which has never been his strong suit of matches that I could see it was just methodical that super fests. kick bump he took as well from the use of whichever Russo it was you know that was a good indication oh, no was it was it good was it a good bump uh, he, oh, I'm sad you haven't seen it JP like he flops forwards it's a it's a good sell it's a good sell you'd be into it okay I mean, and so it's fine for that, and they'll do plenty of bells and whistles about how to do it, pretty much in the way that you described with the hope spots and the rest of it, like a kind of if Johnny Ace had been a face up against John Cena. Oh, that time, that. That'd be great. John Laurinaitis. That's Bring kind his of, little yeah. surfboard, skateboard out with him, you know? 
Oh, does it mean he's going to pretend to be Samoa Joe at the broadcast booth <laughs> instead of like Lauren Ayers pretending to be Booker T? But it, it's but like you say, overall it is a damning indictment because you could have had a, an interesting fresh match with someone who isn't a big star, but in there with Reigns getting something from it. I completely like. I would hope that Reigns has got enough kind of sway, just basically saying, "Look, I'm not going to read any of the crazy old man shit." Heyman's going to be there with him as well, like in terms of just being able to work it. And ultimately, it, it's kind of it doesn't. It, I suppose overall, what will it really mean in the grander scheme of things? It's there to make Roman Reigns look even more sort of dastardly, beating up someone who's an ex wrestler. And if that's the fundamental goal of it, to get a bit more heat on Reigns, I think that's fine. Like, as in and of itself as a kind of a project. The problem is you could have someone else in there who could also get something from this long-term. And you could have a kind of fresh match. Because when they have freshened it up, or like you've seen things with the um, Jey Uso stuff, that was kind of WWE's most intriguing, freshening up who they're going to actually sort of headline a show with. Whilst at the same time, like, you know, you think they could be doing it for someone else here. Um, obviously, I wouldn't like to see Big E in that spot, but Big E is someone who seems like a very obvious, fresh choice for someone to be at the top of the card, who has more than paid whatever mythical dues he's meant to have paid by this point. Um, whereas or, the Mint, Miz. Mm. We can get Scrap Adam Iron Pierce of the Hangman's Three. <laughs> And we could do something really entertaining. It's not going to happen. Why am I getting excited? They're not going to do it. They're going to they're going to ruin it. They're going to find a way to ruin it. It's just the way it's going. Yeah, yeah. Actually, I need to resign myself to that fact because I came onto this podcast a little bit excited about a WWE program. I shouldn't be excited. But of all the talent they have signed in the last few years, and you think, well, one of them's going to headline a Rumble. Where would Adam Pearce have been on that list? I never, like, never just, saw it. Even when he signed as an agent, I didn't see Like Carino, maybe? No. I thought maybe that might happen one day. Not Pearce. Not Carino well, headlining a rumble. Oh, like, maybe not a rumble. Like, it, it, it was like on the commentary where they, they said something like, oh, like he was a wrestler for 16 years. And then like Michael Cole said, yeah, but let's face it, he wasn't good enough to make it in the WWE. <laughs> I enjoyed that. Thought, I thought that was a good line. Because <laughs> it was also like, true. <laughs> yeah, cut, like, cut, cut him through the heart there when he goes back and watches that at home later. Oh, <laughs> you've, actually, you've just reminded me, actually, I remember like, when I first got the internet, one of the very first things I found out that was Steve Carino had an uh, AOL Instant Messenger account. Uh, one, we messaged him to try and get him to join our EFED. And two, I... <laughs> he said no. We offered them to be Steve Carino. He wasn't into it. Um, and then... <laughs> bear in mind, I was like 16. But that was probably still too old to message Steve Carino and get him to join my EFED. The second thing we did is I messaged him a really heartfelt message saying how good I, I, I thought he was in ECW. And that I thought that if, um, if WWE didn't sign him for their upcoming Cruiserweight division, it was going to be their loss. And he just messaged me back. Thanks. <laughs> P.S. Do you want to join my E-Fed? <laughs> Still didn't go for it, JP. Still didn't go for it. Real shit. <laughs> he, he can. He, he can. He can perhaps watch our T.W. stream. Which, when that internet is sorted out, one day, uh, one day, and people might hear the history. The internet, yeah. One problematic person at a time. <laughs> uh, I was going to say, actually, while we are, I suppose. On a rare occasion, because we're about to do a bit of a catch-up on AEW, feeling quite, well, we're not overall positive about WWE, but we're saying nice things. Um, a lot of people raved about uh, Finn Balor and Kyle O'Reilly from NXT this week that ran head-to-head with uh, with AEW. 
Got to be honest, I had like uh, we had two screens running, and I had uh, Finn Balor on one screen, and you know the AW show on the other screen. And I'll be honest, I didn't really, my eye didn't get caught by the Finn Balor match <laughs> one bit. So I did go back today and we watched it mainly on the strength of he's turning into this week's Will Cooling. WH uh, Park who's getting a lot of references today. Saw him give it five stars on the Grapple app, so I went in and watched it. Can't say I'd give it five stars. It was a very good match. Um, feels like something, I don't know, might be up your street, JP. Were you into it? It's a, you know, a, a WH five star is a, is a, is, you know, is a high rating. Um, I went 3.75 mm. on it. Uh, I haven't actually seen either of your ratings on it. So I don't know if it's, if it's me that's out to lunch uh, or uh, not WH particularly, but the other people are going really high on this one. So when I was doing the catch up today, so I, I've kind of, I'm not really in a great position to talk about it per se, because it was on, but there was a bigger wait, wait, thing yeah. that I found. What um, field were you on? It, it, I Which wasn't bus? on a field. Which tree? I wasn't. No. <laughs> I wasn't. I was listening to you two oh. on my walk today. Again, on uh, with Will Cooling. Um, <laughs> just trying to see, like, I was like, what state were they in? And I, performance was incredible, honestly. Some, some of us can hack it, mate. Some of us can survive five and a half hour live streams, JP. Well, some of you didn't have a cocktail of stuff running through your system at the time. (laughs) You can watch the video and, yeah, me especially. I I had hosting duties, JP. You know, I had had calls to line up and chats to put on the screen. It was, you know, I had a few beers, but not as many as you. I had songs to sing, dairy farming to promote. And and things that were said over an hour and a half period, which will very much stay in the minds of what happened in that hour and a half period. We'll see. Next one. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So I did. So like from what I saw of this match, it looked it looked good. I think there's something about the whole aesthetic that I find incredibly tacky now. Um, Yeah, I can't get into it. I just can't. It's there is too much visually going on everywhere that you your eyes I, I just find for me my eyes are just all over the place watching it so I tried kind of watching this the bit at the start and it's always just these kind of elaborate light shows and it's just like oh god I'm really struggling to to watch this I don't know it just feels like I've gone to a big festival in holland or something like that in like july and the jack and jills are out so like everyone's a fucking mess and like you're watching this and there's obviously people there with masks kind of watching at the same time and like big screens everywhere like the 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 kind of dead heads that are all around those those bloody arenas like I, i really struggle with it so i haven't rated it whether or not i'll go back and rewatch it like I say, or watch it properly. I don't know, but I found myself. This sounds. This is just the indictment with me and large swathes of WWE. I was just like, ah, oh, can't be asked. So yeah, that's my review. Hello, <laughs> Riley. I get what you mean though, because it is. It that did. That was probably what it was when I had like the dual screen going on with with AEW, and it was just like, I just my eye is not drawn to NXT. Like I'm not interested. What did you think of it, Gareth? Yeah, I mean, I was kind of watching it as well, like in in that same mindset of where I'd seen that five star rating from WH, and I was thinking, oh, well, if WH just give it a five, then it's worth my attention. And I knew the average on the app was like slightly less than four, and I thought, oh, well, it's 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 clearly a good match, and like. <sighs> 
it was, it was, it was a good match. Like the, yeah. the stuff with the yeah. mouth and grabbing the ropes with his mouth. I, I, I like, I like, I like that bit. Like, I, I, you know, I think that's, you know, I think that's the that's the thing that stood out to me most was the was the fact that they sort of like played on that injury and you know fear and attacking it and like I'm not a big Finn Balor fan at the best of times but he was he, I was probably a bit warmer to him here he seemed like more aggressive than normal and um, it's it seemed you know they they seemed to click together as a as a pair but. It was it was good. It was a three point seven five match for me, for, for me. That's what I rated it. It was it was relatively enjoyable. But I think you know probably the week after you've watched Wrestle Kingdom and you've watched something like you know you've watched Shingo and Jeff Cobb or something like that. You know if you you kind of like benchmarking it against matches that have got that kind of element of realism to it, and you know two guys you know knocking hell out of each other a bit a bit more you know I, I certainly wouldn't have put it in, in 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 that category and it almost felt like you know you talk about people about going on about like length of matches and things at wrestle kingdom i almost felt like this for the style of match that this was it maybe could have done with another 10 minutes for me or something where 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 it was you know ground down even more and they took a bit, bit more of a beating and it was a you know it, like it almost seemed to just sort of go too quick for me to probably go any higher than than three point seven five either. So you know, in the in the way that some people will maybe say, oh well, if you can have a match in forty minutes, you should be able to have a match of a high standard in twenty. This to me, this was almost like a, a match that I think when I looked, it went seventeen and and. It was an example to me of somebody going a bit shorter for a style of match that actually would have benefited from from going longer and having a bit more, you know, time just, you know, working through and like punishing their opponent a bit more and things. But it was one of them. Like it's, I wouldn't say go out of your way to watch it. I would say if you you're planning on watching NXT, do so and do watch it, and it'll be enjoyable. But yeah, it's certainly not must see, and it's definitely not going to be like in your top. 150 matches by the end of the year i wouldn't have thought you know as 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 we as we get to that stage and probably as well like as 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 jp's mentioned there it's just that like hard to get into again just because of that whole aesthetic and that whole kind of look and feel of nxt and it's so dull and even though i was like wanting to watch this match and it was you know very much kind of a style of match that i you I've been to, I'm still kind of like reaching for my phone and things like that at points during this match. It wasn't something that had me absolutely engaged in it, where I, you know, I, you know, couldn't couldn't draw my draw my eyes eyes away from it. And you know, I think that was that was probably on the on the negative side of things. So, and as for that fucking NXT New Year's Evil logo that they had on the big screen in the background, it just looks like it's like some like. Bobby's extra hot fireball sweets that you get from your local news agent or something like that. Just some like shitty. I, I, don't, I don't know. I don't know what the who the fuck like drew this, put this together, and feels like it's some relevant imagery to use for like NXT in this day and age or a wrestling promotion. And it just looked so cheap and so lame, and it just like just like. Devalues the, the the things even even further. It just doesn't even fit with the wider terrible aesthetic that they've they've got as well. I was just like, I, I don't think they know what they the fucking doing with NXT at the minute. They don't know what they want to be. Remember, it was the hot cool thing. Remember, feels like it was a long time. Like I once I remembered NXT was on the BT Sports app. I loaded this up on there as well. For some reason it was like a three and a half hour file, and I had to skip through. I don't know if it was the same for you, JP. But like in skipping through, I saw so much dross that I just didn't care about. Yeah. Like I saw Dexter Loomis. Well, when you go into the enhanced player, yeah. and you can skip through the segments, and I was thinking, shit, 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 mixed tag match. No, 
mine. Here, here's De- here's literal Dexter from the TV show, but now he's a wrestler. Like, yeah, here's fucking Johnny Gargano doing more play wrestler bullshit, which, you know, I know I sound like Jim Cornette when I say that, but I can't stand Johnny Gargano. And, you know, one of the few benefits of Joe not being on the show anymore is I don't have to argue that point anymore. He's just crap. Anywho, moving on. <laughs> no one else here wants to defend that. Um, <laughs> I just don't care. No, you know what? It's not Johnny Gargano's fault. It's 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 years of booking him into the ground. He was one of the best baby faces in the world at one point. I don't even know what he is at this point. I just And I don't care. I don't, I don't care to take the time to find out mm-hmm. either. And I'm sure there's NXT fans out there that, that you know that love this show still and you know will argue that point like joe wasn't an nxt fan but he'd argue the point for johnny i, I mm. don't know it's not even worth having a discussion anymore but like th- that's someone i was invested in at one point and then there's other people like you know you see like velveteen dream in the fucking in the show image and then yeah skipping through i was like you know what there's a reason i watch aw every week and i don't watch this just not asked and even <laughs> when there's a match like this that like you, you nailed it gareth it was it was a good little 3.75 star match. It was a good match. Not going to be enough to make me watch NXT every week. That's no one chance. of the bigger matches they've got, isn't it? That the, the, they're going to have as well. And I think, is that the end of, I nearly said Judas Priest. Is it Damien Priest? Uh, is he not going up to the main roster now? No, because the story was he was they were going to bring him up with no start with and just have him be Kevin Owens' best friend. <laughs> Kevin Owens nixed it. That was in the Observer. Why not? <laughs> I would have preferred it if he did come up like in Poochie style, like just <laughs> pretended to be his best friend. <laughs> He's just always been there. <laughs> Damien Poochie. Um, <laughs> Like, he, he, yeah, he's just all, yeah. He's just like, he's my best friend. What? Oh, put him in a mask. And, put him in a mask and say he was always El Generico and just sell that. Just straight faced. <laughs> <laughs> you grew since your time in PWG. <laughs> also, not so ginger anymore. Yeah, exactly. A good, good six inches. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's like the stuff that he's. That you kind of say with it. it, it's what is NXT at this point, other than a product that's there to just compete with AEW, but it isn't really developmental at this point. Um, the people who are there don't like all the stuff that made kind of NXT cool and hot. The idea of basically here are these five match shows that are very tight, condensed, simple, straightforward storytelling. It just feels like none of that is really there anymore. And like it should have been a program that you kind of should drop into. I mean, it's it shouldn't be two hours as it is. I mean, it was at its best really when it was an hour, and it had that kind of degree of focus to it. But now it it just feels like this just kind of garish mess where like you've just got f- every once in a while it seems to be flames on the screen. Regardless, that seems to be something I appear to pick up on. Like the whole thing's a big tribute to Bam Bam Bigelow's head. But as a as a kind of promotion with NXT, it just doesn't it just doesn't really go anywhere. And there's all of these people who really like someone like Karrion Cross is just not suited to NXT or what they think NXT is. This is a kind of main roster stupid shit act. We'll do it there then, in that case. And that, I mean, and we've spoken about the fact that we've got Adam Pearce and the Royal Rumble. We don't really know what NXT is. Roman Reigns is kind of the good thing, and you kind of get the impression that he's in control of so much of the storylines. I mean, the whole thing is, in some ways, it's all just damning indictments of WWE's creative process. Best stuff happens As we talked like- about at the start, they've also been trying to fund, they've also been trying to fund the coup. Yeah, I might true. mention in all of this. <laughs> or they have been funding an attempt at a coup, call it as it is. 
Yeah. Um, and I'm sure the Vincels will love that, won't they? Was there a... Um, well, it's like the biggest damn I can give them, because we gave them a bit of positive at the start, was like, I, I saw a little bit of talking smack, and uh, Uha Nate, oh, what's it, Apollo Crews, sorry, I was being very smarty there. Apollo Crews did a little sit-down segment with uh, with Paul Heyman, where he didn't say a word, Paul Heyman just ripped him apart for like three minutes, and he sat there looking angry, came across as a bigger star than he ever has on TV. <laughs> like, it's just, it's unbelievable, like, like the, the difference like that could be done uh, with a lot of these these wrestlers and a lot of these people on this roster but mm. hey ho yeah nxt no longer the cool thing they're, they're doing that over there and meanwhile over on over on aw we've got snoop dogg in the ring doing frog splashes so you know it's like uh, oh. <laughs> night and day isn't it? Um, speaking of which segue um <laughs> we should do a catch-up in but, his uh, defense <laughs> go imagine how kind he was when he did that <laughs> now that was the first thing I thought. I thought well, it's not like is. you have to do a five and a half hour podcast, JP. No, that's true, isn't it? I mean, but like, I'm looking forward to him on commentary this week. Um, I'm just going to try and see if I can find out what his actual age is. I don't know if you know off the top of your heads. Yeah, close to fifty, no? I would say, like forty-eight. I'd have thought he'd be older than fifty. No, is he? He's forever young. Seventy-one. Raps Madonna. He's fifty. He is currently. <laughs> exactly Wait for 50. it, people. Oh. Wait. For- he is. He's forty nine. You yeah, in on this one? October twentieth is his uh, is his birthday. Day before my mum's. Two very different people. Um, but like, Wait, I bought the doggy property. style album. You can't uh, you can't pull the wool over my eyes. I was, I was there when he first made his big breakthrough, mate. I followed him right through. Oh yeah, he's great. If we can use pump, if we can use pump up as a theme as well at some point in this show, that's amazing. <laughs> Not the shitty gunshots at the beginning. That's that's some bad sound editing. Anyway, completely digress. He was caned when he did that splash, and he's fifty years old, and he's completely untrained. All yeah. right, let's give him an easy time. He's and, and on TNT, and he'll more than make up for on commentary if he's anything like that Tyson Jones fight. He was the f- he was an he was amazing. Hey, and, and and how fucking chuffed was he after he did that uh, frog splash as well? Like when he was like, he'd kind of been stood there for the for the whole like match previously, and he had his like straight face and whatever. But like after that, he was like, he was like a kid who just woke up and just got the best Christmas present ever. So sort of thing. he just had the biggest beaming smile, strutting about. Absolutely made his fucking day. That didn't he? Just getting into getting a chance to go in the ring and uh, and do that. Like you're that. watching a real human being do a real human being thing. Like, I've, I saw that point. Like, Earl Helwani, of all people, made the point on Twitter. Well, if this was in WWE, surely everyone would be giving it shit. He'd be like, because it would be really fucking boring and tame, and he probably wouldn't be allowed to go on the top row. Gone are the years when, you know, John Cena's putting Kevin Fedline through tables, which is the other greatest celebrity appearance in, uh, in wrestling TV history. <laughs> I'll have you know. Um, <laughs> you know, it's not like that anymore. Snoop Dogg would have, like, stood backstage with the rest of the legends, like what they did on Raw this week, and he might have mm. done a cameo segment with fucking. I don't know some some BT acts like similar actually they did that on AEW but did it well yeah. you know like they got it, but they actually got a tag team over doing it they didn't like it wasn't just dumb there was a point to it as much as I hate Matt Hardy um, you know the rest of it was good um, and yeah it, it, they gave us something organic feeling where like like you said when he was doing the lap of the ring running around and he was like smashing high fives with all the commentators and even Jericho to be fair broke, comic, broke like character a little bit to to give him a hug and a high five like. It was a real moment, wasn't it? And it was genuinely like I was sat with a smile on my face. I'm sure everyone else watching was. That's the difference, isn't it? That's the difference between having like an organic TV show and having whatever the WWE um, <laughs> right now. But I mean, speaking I, of AW, oh sorry, go on, JP. 
No, 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 carry on. Well, I was just going to say, like, I mean, speaking about AEW, like, we, it's been a couple of weeks, hasn't it, since we've talked about them? Like, we should talk that Snoop Dogg mm. stuff. We should talk the rest of the show. But we never actually got a chance to talk about it. I don't think there's any, you know, I think it's been talked, you know, right through at this point. But, you know, the Brody Lee uh, Memorial Show they did a couple mm. of weeks ago, what an episode of TV that was as well. Like, that was, yeah. you know, if you can boil that, that show down to its, its essence, like, that whole run-through segment where Eric Rowan came out and MJF got, Got, uh, got hit by by Brody Lee's son, and then everyone celebrated in the ring, and then you know the Dark Order were in the ring, and everyone was in like was in floods of tears. It was unbelievable. Like that that fifteen minutes of wrestling TV was as good as anything that, that's happened this year, and it was as good a tribute show as as anything I've ever seen. Definitely need to say that out front, just because we never got a chance to talk about it. Like what mm. what a couple of hours uh, AW did. Real credit to the promotion and to uh, to Brody Lee and his uh, his family as well. Yeah, it was a proper tribute, wasn't it? It was, it was something that was like, it was, it was done in the right way, and that it was, it was a positive memorial to him. That you know, mm-hmm. kind of, it, it was almost like double edged in, in in one way, absolutely broke you, kind of thing, and made you know, made you so upset for him and things. But on the on the flip side of things, it put a smile on your face and made you kind of have positive, you know, feelings of like emotion towards him and the. the his family and the people who put it together and things like that as well. So, you know, just as far as tributes go to me, they just absolutely nailed it. It was, it was, it was, it was totally on the, on the money. But again, just, just seeing that, you know, I think it was just that thing of like, just the raw emotion though, from the, from the wrestlers, just when like Cabana came out in tears and things like that. Oh God, it just, it, it, oh, it just broke you, didn't it? Like at the end of the match. Yeah. Yeah. God, it was, uh, it was uh, absolutely just, just, Oh, like I say, just, just just broke you, but then to the way they turned things and made it into that, you know, elements of like feel good and you know, genuine made you feel like they genuinely cared about him and his family and things like that. You know, like brilliant, like well done. Yep. Carried it on, didn't he as well? Like into this week, like that that must have been the hardest thing to go out and do that show to you know record. You know, being the elite, which had that great um, backstage speech from Eddie Kingston as well. Um, you know, come back and then try and put, you know, get back to doing like a serious TV show, do a show where, you know, the young bucks like to start acting like heels and, you know, just in general, just, you know, get going again. Um, all the respect mm. in the world for them. Um, and, you know, for, again, that, that tribute show, like the end, even, you know, the little the thing they did at the end for, for you know, for, for Brody Lee's son with, you know, doing the, giving that the got me. And stuff. Yeah. I can imagine as a dad, like that was unbelievable. Oh. And, and then the tribute video at the end, like crazy. It was seeing, it was seeing his wife and just the way she was breaking down. And I think there was the point then, obviously, where his, his son is starting, to, like, you could just sense at that point in time there's a real kind of like it, it had the kind of fun through flow because a lot of the show had obviously been built really for him you know and this is like kind of his tribute um and, and his tribute to his dad and like I, yeah it just kind of got me right at the end and there were those points during it and I can be quite cynical and hard-hearted but like that was like I just thought it was a piece of really like kind of a beautiful piece of tv i mean what's awful about it is you kind of say well i never want to see something like that again but like i i would say that if you're doing tribute shows this is your template this is what you do like because it allowed all of the roster to honor him it was his family got to kind of honor him he was given a stage which he deserved 
and they like it, it was just it was it felt classy even though it was a professional wrestling show there was just there was so much sort of love and goodwill that that kind of just came through it and you just couldn't help but um turn away and then you mentioned like with this week not only was it very jarring coming from that as well coming from from that Brody Lee episode as we mentioned they were up against a coup so, like, at the time I started watching it, which was, like, when I woke up on, like, Thursday morning, I thought, yeah, I feel like I shouldn't be watching this and I should be keeping an eye on is Western democracy possibly going to end up falling down? Um, and I think that's one of the issues they had with this week. And certainly it would explain away the, the, the writing as, uh, and everything else. But it was... There's stuff on here that I'm intrigued by, like, but at the same time, like, it's some of the... I thought it was inevitable the Good Brothers were going to turn up. Sorry, I'm sort of diving into the end of it. it. It felt like it was completely inevitable. And in some ways, it's had the least impact it, it could have had. Pardon the pun. Um, like, I, it just didn't really feel like it means anything. Like, the Buck stuff feels confusing. There was, like, stuff with this where you're going, right, story could go very easily off the rails soon like without some sort of degree of focus for it but anyway yeah. interesting because i overall i liked it like i i mean the big story coming out of the show it is that main event which we definitely shouldn't um skip over and the the angle mm. that came after it um yeah i know what you mean because like I, I think any other circumstance i think bullet club reunion just makes me roll my eyes and i will say like i thought chris jericho was appalling on commentary this week like i i I thought he killed that segment, to be honest, if there was a negative for it, you know, going on about the band are back together and they're doing the hand sign, they're doing the sign. Like, oh, like, I don't even think, you know, when he was on the tribute show last week, I thought that was a bad call, but he wasn't, he wasn't too bad. He kind of stayed out the way. This week, I thought he was awful. That that was the, that was the neg- negative point for me for, the, for, for that at the end segment, because it did kind of hammer home the kind of the weirdness of it and the you know the fact that it's a, it's a bullet club reunion. You know, how many you know are those in different promotions are we are we gonna have oh. um, at this point? But at the same time, I don't know. This felt like I I, I like I, I think I've got a soft spot for Anderson and Gallows to be honest with you, um, <laughs> despite the fact they're absolutely shite. Um, I don't rate them as highly. It's very attitude era, isn't it? Yeah, turning up in out of a, you know one company into another. There's always that kind of element that it brings back. X-Pac turning up on Raw yeah. the night after WrestleMania type and I, of stuff. And I think the difference for me, though, is with the book stuff. I get what you mean, because, like, the story as far as them being heels or faces or whatever this year, you know, what what part of this Kenny Pangman Page storyline are they even at this point? I'm, I'm so confused on, like, where the threads of that story disappeared to. But I am intrigued. <laughs> like, I do find it mm. quite interesting. Um, and, you know, that, that core kind of five being together with with don Callis on the outside um it should you know what what i'm probably going to say is it shouldn't work for me but it really worked for me to me it felt like a big moment it felt like a big a big kind of not debut but a big moment in you know in them coming into aw maybe knowing the story behind it and them you know turning down that aw contract a couple of years ago and all of that maybe plays into it maybe this impact story just working for me for whatever reason plays into it and i'm actually quietly excited for the six man on, on hard to kill next week um but yeah i was into it i thought it was a really it was a cool moment as much as you know it could have been cringeworthy and as much as i thought jericho maybe made it that a little bit um mm. overall i thought it was really good uh, where were you on that Gareth? 
Uh, kind of the opposite with you, really. I, I thought it came like whether or not it was just it's just your you know your leaning towards Gallows and Anderson there, but it, it just felt a bit low rent and a bit cheap to me. Like, it, oh, like I was just kind of left just just feeling a bit like this feels like something that would have happened on Impact, not something that would have, that should have happened on Dynamite kind of thing. And, and like, I mean, old Impact, you know, like Impacts. Yeah, don't know, set JLT. Eight, eight, yeah, come on. Eight, eight, eight years ago or something like that, you know, it, 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 it just felt along those lines that I'm like Jericho was appalling on it. Like I have to agree. He was, he was on, on his call on that. He was all over the place. He didn't know what he was supposed to be kind of thing. And he, he was he, he almost like if he had a clear, line to follow then it would have been significantly improved but one minute he was for it and then he was against it and then it was just like dominating things and just saying odd things and like yeah i did I, you know didn't like that particularly i don't like I, I just think the whole dynamic of having the the books and gallows and anderson sort of together like i never like two tag teams in in a in a group together like like where the you know Unless there's that clear distinction of yeah, yeah, these are the juniors or something like that, or these are the muscle or something like that, you know, I, I, you know, I don't know, don't like them together. It just felt it, it, it didn't feel to me. It felt the opposite. It didn't feel like a big moment. It didn't feel like a big memorable thing that years down the line we're going to like sort of reach out and say, oh, I remember when this happened on on, on AEW? Like, like I don't know. To 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 me, just took a little bit away from what's been built i think and then just doing the the you know the too sweet at the end and all that like i don't know like i mean as always you know i'll always say i try not to judge things like too much in the moment and try and look at it and see where it goes and you never know like depending on what happens between now and the next two weeks then it the way things evolve then you might look back at it and say oh actually yeah that was well done and it worked but yeah just 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 for taking things at the end of the at the end of the show i just felt a bit like yeah no i could have could have done without that you know i thought i thought them kenny working a match with them um in impact on that on that pay-per-view is going to be fine but i don't it i don't think i want it bleeding into dynamite well, I suppose it depends which way they do go, because because I I personally I think this is going to be short lived, and I, I know what you mean about the two tag team thing. I think because the the teasing this week, aren't they? Like Kenny and um and Don Callis did a promo where they said they were going to be teaming with Kenny's best friends, the uh, the world tag team champions, and didn't say who. Um, I assume it's going to be um Gallows and Anderson and. I'm, maybe I'm giving more credit than is deserved. I'm hoping there's more depth to whatever is going on with the young books, and that there is, you know, a story to be told here <laughs> where they haven't really turned heel. It's just, you know, one of those um, false dawns or something. We get a story out of it that way. But like I say, yeah, maybe a little bit more invested on the stuff than you guys. But I'm guessing where even that though, so Ben, like yeah. even the idea of that it then becomes the books against Gallows and Anderson, <laughs> like. That is true. They've got to wrestle then. <laughs> that is that that is yeah, that is the fault in my Gallows and Anderson um, fandom. Is that actually yeah. watching them wrestle is always the issue. <laughs> it's all. Yeah. Yeah. Yes, I'd rather be on podcasts and doing backstage comedy to be honest than actually in the <laughs> yeah. ring. And maybe that's a that, that that's a big issue, really. Um, but I, I'm guessing where we're, we're not all gonna where we're probably all gonna agree is the match that came before it, uh, Phoenix and uh, and Omega. Um, you know. 
we don't have to get into him too much, but uh, our mate old Dave did give it five stars uh, on the not grapple app, uh, but on the grapple app itself, it uh, it did very well too. Uh, on the real scale, Gareth, uh, it did very well. Uh, yeah, that was uh, that it's was only three point seven five. Then isn't it? From the... <laughs> on the scale, is that how it works out, Gareth? Is that how the yeah. maths work out? Yeah, yeah, I think I think a day five's worth a three point seven five when you work the work the scale back. And to be honest, that's probably where I landed with it as well. Really, just, oh, it, just yeah? to nudge your head, just 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 a four a four star for for four. me there. So maybe maybe me and Dave aren't so uh, aren't so far out of kilter after all. <laughs> I went four point two five on it because I thought it was really. I'm. I'm oh wait, I did I'm kind of predetermined. Predetermined to like it, and mm. I think it's one of these things where. Like this is part of the kind of overall body of work that they kind of need to deliver, which is Kenny's the belt collector because he can collect belts and he's the best in the world. And him and Phoenix, they can always go back to that again. They'll go. I don't know if if they go to it at any point in Mexico. It depends what plans they've had with Vikingo and Triple and AAA. But I, I kind of like I've enjoyed those two matches that I've seen between them. Um, so I'm. Like I, I really enjoyed this. There was one yeah. of the moves he did, the flip into the German. Oh, off the top, was genuinely oh, yeah. fucking incredible. That was awesome, I, wasn't it? When it happened, and there was a few near falls that I bit on. Yeah, like which you know, it it was really not in doubt what was going to happen. But there was there was some great stuff in there. There was stuff in there where you thought, my god, he's going to get injured. There was Phoenix doing that spot, which, you know, we've seen him do live and just take out people in the audience mm-hmm. and chairs. I'm thinking of when he did it one of the times at Carrot and he just went in and just sort of took out a load of people in the audience because it's just an insane dive. But the stuff he does is genuinely incredible. And I think if one of the things that I took out of it is actually it's it's, it's an elevation of him. Like that was one of the things I kind of took from it is is there is like this is someone you can put in a, in a kind of big match and he's going to deliver in the ring. And that's something that AEW haven't forgotten about, I think, fundamentally, is that there is a point that, you know, NXT has forgotten about it. Even New Japan had forgotten about it at times. Match quality matters. Having good matches, first and foremost. And this is the kind of, I know it didn't do the numbers on it, but this is the kind of match they need to be putting on TV that really differentiates them from a lot of other TV wrestling that's out there. And especially Kenny, like Kenny should be the big master wrestler. Like uh, we've had this yep. conversation before, haven't we? Where you know you've made the good point, Gareth, of well, who's he going to be in there having those good matches with? And I think the answer was always well, Phoenix. <laughs> and then we'd struggle. <laughs> but like that, that yeah, that's what this is. And again, you know, I gave it four point two five, and I hovered on the four button because for me, it was just a big spotty indie match that went really well as a great TV main event. Like this wasn't. Yeah, again, you know, Meltzer five star. I'll, I'll put well more stock in a WH five stars than I will at a, a Dave Meltzer five stars at this point, um, and I probably always should have. Um, but yeah, like you know, it's not that level for me. But great TV match and the type I want to see. You know, you can't do it every week, and Kenny shouldn't do it every week. You know, he needs to come off across as a big star. Like I saw even like Steve Austin putting him over this week about that. Like he, Steve Austin basically said to the, to your point, JP, he tunes in when there's a big match, like a big Kenny match, and he will always tune in when there's a big Kenny match because he knows it's going to deliver. You know, as well as all the great story stuff they're doing with Impact, this should be his role, you know, killing it in a match like this, maybe once a month. Um, again, you know, those contenders might not be 
hugely obvious. You know, you might have to like pull in some interesting outsider people, or you know, go back to like a pack match, or you know, you could do a Pentagon match down the line. Mm. Um, there are matches there, um, but that's what I want to see out of Kenny at this point. That is the the thing that's been missing for me in Kenny and AEW, the big singles matches, and I think hopefully we're going to get them going forward. Did you think one of the problems was when you're speaking of the great matches he could have, then bringing up Okada and um, Kota Ibushi winning the titles at Wrestle Kingdom on commentary? It's just did like, they mention that? I didn't fucking... pick up on that. Yep, they did. Like, I mean, obviously they mentioned the, the, the they've mentioned the Okada match several times about it being voted. He was in the Justin oh, yeah, I introduction. That. I still hate that. But by then, the way, it's too wink wink. Yeah. Too, too trying to be funny. But anyway. Yeah, I'm in the minority. But they were going. Oh, his best friend has won the IW. Has won is to become the oh, IWGP yeah, double champion at Wrestle Kingdom, and yeah. then, and I was like, I mean, ultimately, it's like if this is if this is if it's not going anywhere. Like, I mean, what does it really mean in that sense? Like, you can say big in Japan, and there's an idea from it. And normally, I would like kind of love this stuff. I think the problems I have with some of the impact stuff is I'm still there. It's just like, well, you're teasing me with this brilliant fantasy booking stuff that could solve the problems of New Japan to a certain degree and and sort of result in bigger business all round. But no, you're just going to mention it in com- commentary like the fucking teasers you are. So <laughs> like, I was, I was, I just, I was like, oh god, this is just felt a little bit kind of frustrating. And again, it, it it's going too far into the nudge nudge wink wink. See, I don't, I don't mind that. Any, any little references like that to me, where it's like just kind of keeps the dream alive, kind of thing, <laughs> and just keeps that keeps that little hope there in your mind that you know something might come out of it. Like, I I, I don't mind that. Like, even there with the Bullet Club at the end, I'm still thinking like, oh, like Kenta, and Kenta and Moxley because they're beating down Moxley in the ring, and obviously the the you know the whole thing that's going on with Kenta and Moxley in in New Japan as well. You know, I'm I'm still uh, still living that dream in my head that there's the. Uh, the crossover the crossover's coming i know it's not but you know it's it's <laughs> if, if we can't if we can't dream once in a while you know what what can we do but i mean i, th- I Look, think mate, you're having scenario for tea and you're going to accept it that's what your mum <laughs> yeah. made that's what you're having <laughs> We've, we've got evil at home. Um, <laughs> or in another way, you'd be like, I want a coat of Ibushi. I want a coat of Ibushi for Christmas. Here's your Sammy Callahan now, Sean. <laughs> but I mean, just the, the point you were saying there about the, the match, like, it's, it's such a shame, obviously, with what else was going on in the, in the world, really, that, um, that you know, attention was, was taken away. I mean, what, what you probably what it did sort of demonstrate i suppose is just as we've seen in the past how much more sensitive that aw audience is to something else that's going on in the world be it you know newsworthy or be it sports worthy or something like that whatever it is that's going on that's when those guys are going to like drop off from a live standpoint whereas the nxc audience pretty much just stayed you know relatively consistent didn't it be really with what you'd what you'd see week in week week out like i'm i'm not you know i'm i think this is where again i think we all get hung up in these live audience numbers as well because i'm pretty convinced that the people who would normally watch aw would then be like watching it on the dvrs and things like that once they've consumed all of that you know, you know Wake news always coverage or sports coverage and things like things yeah. things like that where 200,000 don't they on the dvrs yeah wade always says they they always pretty much hit that million no matter what 
Yeah, and I, and I don't think people give give as much credit to that. So, I, like, I didn't look at this number as being like, oh, it's concerning. It's a blown opportunity. There's a great match there. You've got Snoop Dogg on there and things like that, and it's been watched by this few people. I'm convinced they just watched it. They, they watched it a day later, or two days later, or three days later, and you know, it was it was it was it was something followed through there. So, you know, I don't I don't think that there's any real any real loss loss there. But like you say, it's, it, it is the sort of match that. You know, when it when it is like that, and it it does feel elite, it does feel like a top level match. It's it's a hundred mile an hour. There's some like incredible spots that that that's there in the match that's going to be, you know, eye catching and you know get you know floating fans if they are you know flicking on board. Maybe just WWE people who are looking to try it out. It is going to stand out as a bit more unique as well. So you know, I think any time you get um, Kenny in that position, it's 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 great. You know, I think the only reason that I went for and didn't go any higher than four was because. In contrast to JP, there, I just didn't bite on anything. I just didn't believe that Phoenix was winning for one second, and there wasn't a part of them that convinced me. Whereas, you know, the example last week was Naito Ibushi. As much as I knew Ibushi was going to walk away with the belt on on night one, I still bit on some of those Naito spots. And I think sometimes that's the that's the difference, isn't it, between absolute tippy top versus a really really good match? I think it's where you're so invested in it that you just go along for the ride completely and. and and you buy into it and they didn't achieve that with with me but still fantastic entertainment and for you know to get tv wrestling putting on a quality of match like this you know it's 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 absolutely ace and it looks like you know hopefully if kenny can continue in this ilk where okay he might not be having like five star matches on tv regularly but if there's plenty of opponents there that he can be having four star matches with that are gonna you know knock the socks off anything else that you're seeing on wrestling tv then it's all good for aw um, speaking elsewhere on the show, then we also, I suppose, the other big headlines we had continuation of the uh, the the Darby Allen stuff with uh, with Sting. I saw some criticism mm. of that that they're, they're continuously doing the same angle. I'll be honest, the people criticizing this did they not watch uh, Nitro in 1996 because that's kind of what we got with Sting. It was the same angle every week for about a year. Um, for a year, yeah. So, so I'm not bothered if I'm honest. Um, I I enjoyed. To be honest, when Darby Allen came out, if anything, I was just disappointed the match wasn't this week because I'm banging into any Darby Allen match. I think him and Brian Cage this coming week is gonna be great. Um, I suppose you know maybe they could be a little bit more creative with the Sting stuff, but I don't know. I'm still I'm still into the just the fact that Sting and Darby Allen are hanging around like this weird, you know, dad and lad combo. Um, works for me. Uh, I thought it was a fun angle. It's a bit of sexual tension there between them. I thought. Yeah. Maybe not dad and lad, then. Eh? <laughs> if, if Steph was here, she could give us the exact term, but I'm sure yeah, there's a term for that. <laughs> It's a bit Harold like and Maud, isn't it, given the age difference it, it, between it, it, it sounds like a Steph storyline, that one, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Call no, me by my name, Sting. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's real yeah, estate, Steve, me, I'll yeah. have you know, but carry on. <laughs> for, for me, I wasn't too, again, I, I saw some criticism of that online, but again, whether it's just the, the, the inner sting mark in me kind of thing, like I would just watch him come out every single week to that music Damn. and I'd, I'd just be quite happy to just see those lights go off bit of snow on his head. Start playing and just and just see Sting coming out in a bit of snow, like even in the middle of summer, like I'm still still up for a bit and I can keep it going for months as far as, as, far as I'm concerned. It, it's not like this is 15, 20 minutes. Like, I mean, in some, a large portion of the segment was Darby, Darby Allen and the way in, and then he comes out at the end and they, Taz is frightened of the snow and he runs off. I'm very intrigued by Hook because the suplex He's he your did. Kind of guy. 
the week before. Oh, yeah, I can get on board on the ground floor with this. He's got a bit more size to him than I initially thought. So he was just wearing, like, proper baggy trackies. You would have been very proud of him, Benno. Um, but he did a... He did, like, a... a, a was it, it was like a fisherman suplex last week, and it was lovely. And I went, oh, oh, hello. I'm intrigued by, like, by this. And I'm intrigued by that group anyway. It just feels like a very holding pattern storyline until this week. And then what they do in the future... I mean, I'm not normally an advocate for having more belts in there, but they're the type of company that could do with a trios title, frankly, at this point, given the amount of sort of trios they have floating around the place, even if it was mainly defended on Dark or something else. Like, but I like Team Taz. I've enjoyed Team Taz for a while. I enjoy Darby Allen, and I will always be a Sting fan. So it's very hard for me to hate it. I think if it had dragged on for a long time, then yeah, it would have done, but... No, it's 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 inoffensive, given the amount of shite that WWE fans have sat through. I don't want to hear, like, any idea, well, this is dragging on a bit. It's like, yeah, look what the other shower are fucking delivering most weeks. Here's your Otis. What would you sooner have? Um, I'll throw in some other uh, miscellaneous thoughts, feeling to, uh, to to jump in with your thoughts on these ones, like elsewhere on the show. I, I thought the Young Bucks opening tag was a fun, big indie scramble. I think that's a good that's a good role for the Bucks. If anything, maybe this this for you know more of a heel run might take away from from them doing that. But I love that when they open the show. I thought that was fun on the show. I thought Jake Hagan and Wardlow was a mess. <laughs> like, oh. like uh, that was that was rough. Like that was that was a match, right? I was watching it like this has been laid out brilliantly. You know what's pro the problem? The two lads executing it right now, and I'm not having to go at Wardlow because I think there's a, there's millions of dollars of potential in that lad, millions of dollars that were never there for Jake Hager, and are certainly not here ten years past his peak. Um, that was a bit of a mess. Oh, oh go on, Gareth. That, that that was honestly that was fucking awful. Like, well, I don't say it, that was awful. Jake Hager was fucking awful. Yeah, like yeah. he he looked absolutely fucked. He looked knackered. His timing was off. He looked as slow as sin. The way he like moved around the ring, he was ah. Oh, I was I was embarrassed for him. I honestly was. I was I was. He just seemed so like off the pace and out of shape and like he just. He, he looked really poor. I was I was watching it thinking, this is a great opportunity for him to just get beat and fuck off. Like taking <laughs> off telly there where you've had, you know, what, what, as, he had, as he had like coming up to... He'll have another bite. Two, He'll two, another two years bite con- up soon. Yeah, yeah. Two years contract or something like that. Like, yeah, great. In and done kind of thing. There's no lo- there's no longevity in this Give Wardlow in a this spot. Guy, in this, in the, in this the guy and, and give... Exactly. Wardlow will be in there. I was thinking, great. This should just be like he's kicked out of the inner circle now as a result of that over the over the next couple of weeks and just 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 get him off get him off the show because he looks ridiculous. I mean, but I, I was looking at yeah, and I, I, I like looked up when his last singles match was, and apart from like a three minute squash of of Marco's stunt, like Hager's last singles match was in July last year against Cody for the TV, uh, TNT title. So he hasn't even had you know, every match that he's had. He's been part of a tag team or a six man and things like that. Putting him in this environment there where he was expected to carry a one-on-one match 
or, you know, even for 10 minutes, he couldn't fucking do it. And then so there's no way that he should be eating up any of the AEW salary. There's a million guys out there who, who could be on telly instead of him. So, like, to me, that was just like, why are we watching this this guy? Like, it, it was fine as that enforcer of the inner circle in the early days when he wasn't speaking and he was just stood there at the <laughs> he back wasn't and speaking. he was quite hard. He wasn't talking. <laughs> he wasn't wrestling. Yeah, he wasn't wrestling. Yeah. <laughs> it's like my Gallows and Anderson fandom, this. <laughs> but, like, but now, now that he's talking, now that there's other people in his faction who are better and bigger than him, who've beat him, who, you know, who are, who've got more to offer long term, just get rid of the guy. Also, he was he was signed at a time when they didn't have any other big lads. Now yeah, they've got true. loads of them. It's a very different kind of landscape when they signed him. They needed that big enforce because, ironically enough, it was meant to be Luke Gallows, wasn't it? It was meant it, they were going to have Gallows and Anderson come in, and instead, you know, they did around and they did as well as they could with him. The issue is, is that like in some ways, his credibility is whatever his MMA career is. That's really what I think the whole thing kind of hinges on. Him staying an, as an unbeaten heavyweight in the second biggest promotion in the US in terms of MMA may not mean necessarily a lot to us, but it gives them just it's just that it's that additional bit of sort of credibility for for Hager. And last time he went like the the distance and he had two black eyes and the rest of it. it it's just that. As soon as that goes, and as soon as he faces a good heavyweight, it'll go because he's not anywhere near that kind of top level. Because the guy who he was, who gave him two black eyes, wasn't good. So, like, I don't have any expectation of that. And you look at Wardlow, and you think, well, this is kind of what a modern big man really should be like, because he's surprisingly graceful at times I feel Wardlow and I kind of wanted to like this match and I feel like I probably did like this match secretly more than you two and yes it was a mess I completely go with that it is my my type of thing it's very much the kind of young lions and fucking beefy fuckers and there was a good bit of beefy fucker in this match so I'm always going to have a soft spot for give me Will Hobbs versus Wardlow and honestly (laughs) that's prime sirloin all over the place but they've got a bit of pace to them and they've got a bit of movement, and that's the thing that that Hager really lacks. And and, and fitness and timing. <laughs> <laughs> Apart from that, he's got it though. <laughs> so. uh, yeah, how did Vince McMahon miss on Wardlow? Eh? Like, how did he like? You know what I mean? Like the size of the lad. Like, got a great look. He was it. He went to try out. Mm. I heard it on one of those AW unrestricted podcasts. Yeah. Which it doesn't answer your question. How did they miss him? Yeah, it's still a question, though. Yeah, you're right. It is a real question because, well, mm. good, good for AW for picking him up and hopefully, you know. Had the Adam Pierce storyline slammed out. That's why. <laughs> Bl- blame Triple H. He was too busy building his collection of five foot five indie darlings. Hey, what's wrong with five foot five indie darlings? <laughs> <laughs> oh, the shoe's on the other foot now, isn't it? Bloody hell. Yeah. Um, <laughs> if the other thing I wanted to mention on the show again, and if you guys got anything else, please throw it out. Uh, I thought uh, Akira Shida and Abaddon was absolutely shite. Um, so we don't praise oh, everything that AEW. Hell. That was awful too. Actually, I did really enjoy the show, but there were a couple of real low points. That was one. Like you can't you can't bite someone's neck and then go to a rest hold after. I'm sorry, that doesn't work. Um, she's terrible, and she belongs on Impact. Uh, Abaddon, like, there's just no place for her on this roster. I don't think. Is even if even with those weaker no. women's division as they've got, I get it. You've got to take chances. This is an experiment that's failed. No. 
Yeah, and 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 to like to me, I mean, you know how high I've been on Hikaru Shida in the past as well, and like, I, I, it was just so disappointing just to see her like having to just be in this feud and in this match and like working. Mm-hmm. Like, I give this one star. Like, I don't give one star to very much. You know, it's 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 it normally is in the your fiend category kind of thing that I'm giving one stars to to something, but you know. This obviously is like it's 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 in that in, in that ball uh, it's in that ballpark um, uh, coming through there and you know I think um, I was kind of open when this was put on this level that they were maybe just going to like use it to sort of like mock the fiend in a way and almost be like oh look it's just an it's just a normal person kind of thing and she just beats her and she's not like intimidated by this all by this whole bollocks and uh, you know it was used for that but then it sort of almost feels like. It's it's gone into a worse territory with the whole neck biting and leg biting and dragging her under the ring and mm. all that shit. It's it's not like it's not what A it's not what we've been sold on, but of what AEW is. It's not what they told us it was going to be. It's not what we've seen from our experience of them, and it's also not what Sheeta should be doing either. Like it's it's you know it's deval like this feud sort of devalues her a little bit as well, really, rather than you know trying to build her up as that credible dominant champion as well so massive turn off for me this one just like like shit or wasn't um, supernatural shit to quote joe yeah. it's just awful and that was what was at the heart of this it's a complete misstep and i think what's sad about it is and i don't watch too much of dark but people like anna jay and tyre conti are like the people to kind of keep an eye on they they really do look like they have something about them, and when they, I think they're in a promo package there as well, and that was a lot more interesting than this entire match. It's just the whole Abaddon thing is just shit indie, isn't it? It's like Danhausen. It's the kind of stuff that just shouldn't be on TV, and there are other people who could have put into this feud. You could have done. You could have had Big Swole, who would have given her something to do for a few weeks. You know, I mean, the, the, there are other ways you could have gone with this, um, and instead, it's you know, could have really sort of given Anna Jade sort of a little bit of a push over the few weeks to build something there. And obviously, you don't have to have her win, but like Ikarashida's credibility as champion is kind of built on good matches. I think again, and that's been like the kind of highlight of her reign. And this is stuff that brings it down. But on top of it, it's also bad storytelling. She bit her on her artery. Like, you know, she would have died. (laughs) Yeah. And I know the police aren't having a great time in a minute, particularly when white people decide to do whatever they want in the country and they just sort of seem to let it go. But I think someone being bit on the artery on live television is probably a bit much to kind of just let slide. Um, yeah, the f- everything about it, the way the commentators had to sell this as well. It's just, it's embarrassing. It's the kind of stuff that you're thinking, I'm glad I'm watching this by myself. As long as I don't like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Even Sue Young's not doing this shit now. She's she's like anti-Sue or whatever her character is. She's doing like right to the Susie. Mm. Yeah. Um, it's still not good, mate. I won't <laughs> lie. I think now, I, I, it, maybe I could have dreamt this. It could be an impact fever dream, but I'm sure there was something like her dressed up as a kind of businesswoman. <laughs> when I watched a little bit of that TNA Genesis, so Christ knows what they're going to do with her. But anyway, yeah. Abaddon, I hope this is the last we speak of her. 
Yeah, and and like you said, the the comment the commentary was like it just added to dragging it down as well because mm-hmm. the amount of times the commentators kept having referencing gimmick, like she's living this gimmick and it's a gimmick we've seen before and all this. And I was thinking, your commentators shouldn't be talking about gimmicks like that's you know. So to put them in an environment where they're even referencing that just shows how wrong the on screen product is as well. So yeah, fucking yeah, like you, last of Abaddon, hopefully. Um, so I suppose yeah, uh, coming up uh, we got another a big eight. We got the Impact pay per view this weekend with the uh, the six man with uh, who is it JP? It's uh, it's the it's Gallows and Anderson, Rich and Swan Kenny, and the Rich Swan and the Motor City Machine Guns. Yeah. yeah, couldn't remember if it was Rich Swan. That'll be fun. Looking forward to that. And we've got a uh, AW this week as well with uh, with Darby Brian Cage as we talked about earlier. Um, uh, mm. we've got Kenny's team with uh, we think uh, Gallows and Anderson, Pack Eddie Kingston, Miro Chucky T in that weird servant match that got set up this week. Don't know how excited you are for that one. Better from the women's division though, NWA women's champion Serena Deeb against Tay Conti. That's where the uh, the real action is the uh, the NWA women's division on uh, on AEW. That's a little bit stronger. Plus, Can I just add about the ser- servant matches oh, stuff. Go on. Like, Throw if it you in. go and watch some of the world class stuff with like Jimmy Garvin and David Von Erich, that's quite fun. Where Jimmy Garvin and Precious have to like clean his farm and probably hide his drugs knowing the Bayerics place um, <laughs> like and and they're like chucking water over him and making him walk back and the rest of it you can get some fun kind of skits out of it I yeah. don't know how it'll work for this like like because that appears to be what it is skits and you're thinking Miro skits we're still knocking around this realm aren't we you know him showing a little bit of fire every once in a while is not cutting the mustard on this at all. No, no. It's still, uh, again, one of the big negatives of, uh, of AW is just the general hand in a mirror. Um, yeah, I can't see that being any better. And the setup was very Monday Night Raw with Chuck Taylor just being like, oh, yeah, I'll, I'll have a match where the loser gets, I end up having to be your butler if I lose. It was just that was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. It was like... It's it, a sex game, not a wrestling Seinfeld angle. script is what it was. Um, <laughs> I am yeah. I am excited next week, though, FTR against uh, Marco Stunt and, uh, and Jungle Boy. They've given uh, they've given Jungle Boy the old uh, the Tarzan Boy theme. Uh, Big Tone went in his pocket again and, uh, and bought that mm. thing. That's... Uh, you know, we only usually get that WrestleMania weekends, JP. If you get that on a dynamite, there you go. That'll uh, wash all the bad taste of that booking out. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on any of that or, or anything else AEW in general before we move on? I think the only thing I was disappointed was was in that Cody Matt Seidel match when they uh, when they got Serpentico and Luther involved there. I thought we were going to oh, get a, um, a Matt Seidel versus versus Luther in a oh. point to your forehead off because uh, <laughs> like like I, I think you should uh, I think you should take a take a drink every time uh, Matt Seidel points at his forehead and take a drink every time Luther does because it's just like like come on you don't have to just keep doing that all the time on repeat kind of thing. Surely you can do something else about um, that goes with your character no i'll point to my forehead again so uh, that, that's definitely the big one for me i think that should be a, a huge uh, huge dark feud who gets the right to point at their forehead and who has to no longer point at their forehead anymore it's, it's almost like a big mexican hair versus mask match or something like that but uh, the point to the head off yeah, I was just sad. Sir Pentico took the bump for uh, for Snoop. I wanted Snoop Dogg and Luther. That's the match I want. I want that on uh, wow. on next week's Dynamite. You know, maybe that's the feud. Maybe he can come for revenge for his fallen comrade next week. Who um, did shooting saw this week, or Snoop? <laughs> he tried. He tried. Bless him. You know, that's all you can ask. Uh, 
I love the way though that in my notes, because of you, I always write it as uh, Pentaco. <laughs> like now, as a pen. I'm just amazed that hasn't made it onto the app yet because I always <laughs> just do it just to like amuse myself. Is right as 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 a uh, Egyptian king snakes uh, Pentaco. There you go. <laughs> Suit Williams' favourite tag team. So Pentaco and Luke three loves them. Oh, well, I praise Gallows and Anderson, so I can't talk. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> before we go into uh, JP's mystery box for wherever he's uh, he's watching this week, um, Jesus. <laughs> one more subject that I want to briefly mention: we there isn't really much to talk about. Reason we didn't leave with it. Uh, we spent probably half an hour, and I know because I spent a while on that file. As did you, JP, to uh, to get it into uh, to good Nick last week. We spent a while talking about how the Jay White story was. Uh, you know, we, we only knew the Wrestle Kingdom part. Who knows what's going to happen at New, Year, New Year's Dash tomorrow? You know, we, this podcast is going to be going to be out of date. We probably all said that about four times each. And literally nothing happened at New Year's Dash. We're no closer to knowing the truth. Um, Meltzer doesn't seem to know. No one seems to know whether... Like, I even listened... I mentioned Gallows and Anderson a couple of times there. I listened to their podcast this week. They put Rocky Romero on the spot and literally said to him, "Is Jay got a, did he have a two-year contract or a seven-year contract? And he refused to answer, which kind of makes me think work a little bit. Um, we're no clearer on the Jay White stuff. New Year's Dash was a bit of a waste. Uh, any thoughts on the above? It's a work. I'm, 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 I'm certain in that. I, th- I think it's a work because I think part of what doesn't get mentioned is it, it kind of comes back to actually sort of how much are they paying him and they're not they're not the kind of company that ever declare that stuff we don't have a clue how much Tanahashi brings home a year um, I'm aware a card is on a long term deal worth a lot of money but then he's used for various other things amongst sort of bushy road campaigns mm. but this whole thing smells of a work and I think there's a there's a kind of <laughs> I don't want to get kind of nostalgic about it, but I think he thinks himself there's a lot that he would like to do and achieve in New Japan. And he's young. And the big money will, you would imagine, will still be there, injury permitting. And I think he would feel like, I mean, this is where he trained. This is where they took him into the kind of, into the dojo system. I, I, the whole thing smells like a work. It really does. I think if he was leaving, they'd be doing some sort of big ceremony. I would have thought they would have done by Ishii and got up and left. I mean, getting pinned by Ishii probably isn't a good sign. Again, but the fact that he just got up and left—it's it's a good match for him to come back to win and kind of reestablish himself in the shows in I don't know whenever he comes back. Let's say March. If they happen at all, because obviously one of the issues is it's very hard to see any wrestling taking place in Tokyo, certainly over the next month, if not two months, as cases increase. Oh, as well, these shows might not even happen to be able to, to do that story. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I Part of me was, was thinking it might be a shoot and that, because I think there is legitimately interest from WWE, because of course there is. Like, there's rumour out there that Triple H is a big fan. Of course he is. You know, he wants him on his show doing, you know, going back and forth with with, with Dexter the serial killer and uh, on the undercards, you know, knife perverts. You know, there's there's money in that. Um, but no, jo- no, joking aside, Jay White is a very WWE feeling wrestler, which, you know, is, is a little bit what our problem was at the start with him, as much as we've all grown to, to kind of like him now. Um... But yeah, are you with that as well, Gareth? Where are we going with? I, I feel like it's a work. I, like I, I just can't see that they would have entered that show as they did with him losing, and it just been like nothing happening. And as a result of it, it was just it'd be just a bit of a wet fart, really, wouldn't it? To 
let him let him leave with that bin the way that he leaves and it's it's very un wrestling and very un new japan not to use something like that to your to your advantage to you know you know feed into something else or put somebody else over you know big time at least build something off the back of it that's going to get you know more column inches or or you know internet hits or, or whatever i think the only thing there there's like a small percentage in my mind was that i saw something on twitter and it was saying like oh it's not a fourth of january contract it's an end of january contract and then new beginnings scheduled for like the 30th of january so i was thinking like well, potentially if it was the case then they could squeeze something in it at new beginning um in in nagoya there at the, at the at the end of the month but like you say if that even goes ahead that, you know that whole end of january thing just feels a bit kind of like smoke more smoke screen more bullshit really kind of thing like try and like extend the work <laughs> really sort of thing i'd be very very surprised if um if jay white's not still kicking about in new japan in a month's time two months time if it wasn't a work as well they would be trying to tie up the loose ends with the bullet club storyline if it was going to be happening that would be the priority and instead it seems what they're going to set him up for a match with ishii a new a new beginning i mean like and the story of a kind of general funk and changing character seems like the likely direction that we would have thought jay white is going in anyway that perhaps yeah. it's a bit too soon for him to be a face in all honesty but you're building the path to him getting there he where he's kind of thinking he, he needs to get better in the ring ultimately in order to win this and not have the kind of bullshit at ringside i hope so the only thing they love like, that story they do they do, and that's the th- the only thing that's driving my pessimism. That's making me have a bit of doubt. And I was thinking it last week when we were talking about it. Like, some people will say New Japan aren't this stupid. They're not going to let a Jay White, you know, walk out the door. Yes, they will because they've done it several times over the last few years, and they never learn their fucking lesson. If he walks out at the end of January, they've got to re- have a real hard look at themselves as-, as to what they need to do to wrap up some of this-, this talent that seems to be going every other January. That's the only doubt I've got because. New Japan, I wouldn't put it past them to fuck this up, is the only thing. Mm. I wouldn't put it past them to, for this to be a shoot. And for, the, the counter, I think, is did the Elite get a big goodbye storyline? They just weren't even on New Year's Dash. You know, that's not the many steps removed. I know there was heat there, but there's not many steps removed there mm. from Jay White just losing clean to Ishii and walking out. Got a little bit of doubt there, but, you know, I'm hopeful we're right. I'm hopeful it's a work. I'm hopeful he's back in New Japan at the end of the month. Um, best possible solution, because no one wants to see him in NXT, at least from our podcast. And, you know, AW would be fun, but I can't see that happening either. Um, Otherwise, him and Sam Shaw are coming out in matching trunks with knives on them, <laughs> and they're going to be the knife perverts. The knife nonsense. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Sexily licking blades. I don't know. I don't know. That's <laughs> But they gave us nothing on New Step Year's too Dash. too far for me. <laughs> they gave us nothing on New Year's Dash. Instead, we got a Bushi Go Home promo. Um, I suppose we got Tanahashi and Shingo teased, so there, at least mm-hmm. there was that. I'm excited for that. I, I'm guessing you guys didn't have any other notes because this was... I think, again, I think we've built up the myth of New Year's Dash being this big show every year because it was that one year when Kenny turned on AJ. Um, and since then, what's really happened on New Year's Dash? Worth a shit. Was that the same year as that Suzuki came back with from Noah? I think it might have been, yeah, was it, yeah. or at or least was that a year before. Me, uh, I think, I think that was the same show. Either way, both a long time ago. Mm. Um, you know, yeah. maybe we need to get over the fact that. You, oh, I'm so glad we recorded that podcast on Tuesday. Imagine if we'd have waited for Wednesday. How gutted we'd have been! Like, what was the point? Yeah. yeah. 
so yeah, there's not really anything else to say, is there? New Japan in general. I watched the, I watched uh, I watched New Japan Strong this week. It was an okay hour of TV. Not much else to say about it. Great to see Chris Dickinson on TV. Yeah, that was it. I don't know if that's in your mystery mm-hmm. box. Your uh, that's coming up next for you, JP. Yeah, it was there, and it was the same. New Japan Strong is basically the same every week. <laughs> Regal Twins, DKC, Danny Limelight. Um, they they tend to be the absolute fixes. Clark Connors, um, Chris Dickinson being there, and then what I immediately thought was, well, they probably won't sign him, which means he'll end up in Performance Center soon enough. Oh. You know what I mean? It's just like him and Filthy Tom they, need to make it to Japan this year. That's got to be like a twenty. They really thing. do. Like they would. I really think that they would kind of add something, certainly to a kind of like a never division, because I think Tom Lawler would know how to kind of get organic heat with those crowds as well um and he's great tom lawler um and they'd worked out here that he said i I liked what they did with russ taylor when they 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 said the idea that like he he didn't cut the mustard so they got in chris dickinson who came out in a big trouble in little china t-shirt like he always does and it was (laughs) it was great fun but it's a very sterile show Mm. And the best match I've seen in there is Tom Lawler versus Fred Rosser. You might remember me going on about that a couple of months ago. And it's still basically the best of it. And I have a funny feeling that's where the, the US title match is going to be held. Because I think that's the only way they're going to get to it moving around. And they're going to hope that it does some kind of number as part of a New Japan US. You know, they always give their New Japan strong like road to whatever. And then that show is exactly the same as New Japan Strong. So they're going to do exactly the same. They're going to build some sort of Super J-Cup type show. But then it depends on what AEW say, because if that's going to go on, I don't know, say a fight as well and be sold, is that, you know, are AEW going to allow that to happen? But it seems to be the safest context in which to have John Moxley wrestle, because just him going to Japan is not going to happen. Cool that it's going to happen, I suppose. That'll be an episode I'll tune into. Like I like I said, oh, I, yeah. I tuned in this week and you're right, JP. It was the same show I've seen every week. I don't know what people were even... I, I was happy to see Chris Dickinson. That is literally my only thought from that show. Like I saw a couple of young boys do a wrestle. I thought Kenta run out and... Not Kenta, sorry. Um, Shibata come out and uh, and uh, accept... What's his name? KBD? JBZ? Whatever his name <laughs> the is. K- the, K- the DKC. The DKC. I don't in, know what he stands for. In, I've been in, watching it for like three months. Yeah, in, in, into the... Uh, into the training camp, that was about it, really. It wasn't a huge amount to say, really. Uh, but easy enough, I'll watch. Uh, did you, did you actually... Is, 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 Alex, is Alex Kozlov still doing terrible he's commentary? He's so bad. He is so... Is he putting that <laughs> accent on? Like, because I hope he is, because yeah. it's fucking awful. Like, he is... He's just terrible. He's just... He's there because he's Rocky's mate. That is literally the only reason he's got yeah. that job. And he's there trying to tell jokes, and they're not funny, and it's just awful. I, I watched one episode, and, like, his commentary... It was just a massive, you know, turn off. And then I, like, I literally look at the app every week and every single match pretty much averages between two and a half and three stars kind of every single week. And I'm just like, until they give me a reason to watch, which is basically going to be Moxley against Kenta, I'm not going to be watching. And if I'm watching fucking Kenta against Moxley with Alex Kozlov doing the commentary, oh. like it'll be on fucking mute. I can tell you that. That's so, so bad. Um, yeah, did you watch anything else this week, JP, before we go? I did, a couple of things. Okay, well, that's um, all the time one... we've got this week, everyone. <laughs> um, <laughs> go Fuck on, mate. Have your time in the sun. What have you watched? MLW, Kings of Coliseum. Um, 
I watched that. It was an hour long show. It was an easy watch. There's really no excuse for you two not watching it. But um, in case you were wondering, I've I've shared with you a calendar invite to remind you of when it's on and a couple of the other bigger shows. Just one. <laughs> Several, mate. It's up there on a weekly basis and their pay-per-views are in there as well. What I predict are going to be pay-per-views. Um, I, look, it's ECW TV for the 21st century without the kind of profanity or any of the lewdness. But that's basically what it is. It's very kind of quick car crash stuff. There's, it's, it's got a really interesting roster. So I've never failed to be kind of tran, like transfixed by it. And I had Leo Rush come in and he does his own theme music. And I have to say, it's great. His theme music is really good. And he had a match with Myron Reed, who I like because I like Injustice. Um, I'm trying hard not to get distracted by a comment that Benno's made in the private chat we're having on here. Um, it's I find it really fun and really enjoyable. Just trying to, to rap JP off. Sorry, JP. Yeah, you are, and I'm not going to do it. I'm going to. I'm going to. You're getting a half an hour monologue. Come on. I'm mad. I, I've, I've, I've got a question for you about it, JP. Go on. I mean, I'm just looking at the app, and I'm just wondering: was the 1.58 average rated Von Erichs versus Dirty Blondes match. Oh, the better match. Or, or was Alexander Hammerstone versus Mads Kruger averaging out at 1.71? The better match, though. <laughs> Which was the better one and a half star oh, match? The, please, the opener or the main? Please, please Hammer, spend the next Hammerstone hour versus, Hammerstone versus Kruger is the better match because it's not a match. It's just them brawling outside. So they never really do, they don't do anything and they just brawl and go out and then that's the end of it. They just have a mad brawl in order to protect them. Because I'm assuming that Mads Kruger, it gives you a bit of the kind of Nathan Jones vibe. What was his name? Was that, is that the Lewis Town manager? Who's the big Aussie bloke who's in Mad Max Fury Road? What was his name? Yeah, Nathan Jones, wasn't it? Is it Nathan Jones? I'm sure he's also the Luton manager's called Nathan Jones, but I could be mistaken on that. Also, but he, he's got a vibe of that. Main eventer, anyway. Yep. It's David Pleat, isn't it? Can't, he can't wrestle, but he, he looks exactly like him with just a mask on. So the idea is he looks like it. And the country unit coming in, like there's this terrorist organisation who's just fixated around a wrestling promotion. It's the biggest load of fucking nonsense ever. I like the But I kind of like it. I like country units. I like Jacob Fatu. Um, I like Alec. Like they've done a good job. I remember saying this probably about two years ago. They 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 had the people who they've kind of, People like Myron Reed, people like Jordan Oliver, um, and people like Alexander Hammerstone, who are like their guys, who and they've kind of focused on them and they've used this other more experienced talent to get them over, realizing they're not going to be there for that long. But these are the kind of guys that got under contract. And they're kind of fun. And they've got people like Calvin Tankman's in their top ten. They've got like a top ten segment that comes out every week. And LA Park's still around the place, getting even more gigantic, along with his useless sons. Like, it's just really wacky. And in the middle of it, there was this fun, like I say, Leo Rush, Myron Reed match. You're only going to get one match that's any good. The Von Eriks, by the way, they're shit. But, like, for some reason, Von I find Eric it kind of funny. Mm. Von Eric boys, like, in some ways, they'd be silly not to use them. They're the Von Eric boys. No one else is using them. There is this kind of weird name. And okay, like the next week, I think they're going to Filthy Island, which is obviously Filthy Tom Lawler's Fight Island. And like, it's the Von Eric's versus, I'm trying to think who it is now. It's like, it might be the Parks. 
hmm. or something, something like that next week for the tag titles. And it's just, it's just kind of mental. And I, I enjoy it. And it's kind of what Impact should be. But Impact puts in stupid juvenile comedy. And this doesn't really do that. It just has moments of surrealism, like in the past, where LA Park's cooking. And that's why I'm amazed that you two, Gareth, knowing that you like ECW, Benno, knowing that you like some of this, this kind of sillier shit, neither of you, every single week, no, I'm not watching it. I'm just looking at this, JP. I'm just looking on the app and I'm just looking on the feed for that Von Eriks match. And it's half one in the morning. And and you give this one star. Yeah. Dirty blondes are shit as well. <laughs> I'm sitting here listening to you wax lyrical about this one star match. <laughs> it's, I'm not waxing lyrical about the match. The match was three was under four minutes and it's not very good. But the overall hour of sort of television is really fun. Sorry, I'm fucking dying on this hill. This is my great O'Khan. All right. I, I don't is, think it's bad. Thing I'm going to stick with. I enjoy it every week when I watch it. I like Tom Lawler. I like Loki being in a prominent position. Not, you like it enough not to watch it, though. That's how much is completely. I feel like Joey. It's completely just inessential TV. It, it exists. You know, it's fine. They, you know what they do, JP? The highest compliments I'll Ooh. give them. They do the best job. One of of bleeding in real music, but two, mm. the job they do with the crowds mixing. Like I know that's not like the highest thing to praise a wrestling show of. Better than anyone else, though. Like as far as having like sounds that, like a bar. Yeah, yeah. It's like an. It's not distracting. They do a good job of doing MT Arena wrestling. It's a fine one-hour TV show. <laughs> Maybe I'll watch it next week, mate. But yeah, I really there we go. Don't get me to. I do enjoy listening to your reviews. Honestly. <laughs> do uh, one other thing for this week, and I promise you'll shut up. Go on. Um, TNA Genesis. It's a fun match between Ace that? Austin. Wow. And, no, I didn't watch all of it. I watched that one match. Oh, okay. I was worried there. Yeah. Again, you could have watched it as well if you checked your emails, but I get why now because it appears I've got a hate campaign after today um, with you two and sending you stuff across. I, I include Steph in these. She doesn't respond either. So there we go. Um, TNA Genesis. I only watched one match on this, and that was Ace Austin versus Blake Christian in the Super X Cup final, which I'll tell you what was better than the Super J Cup final. I think Ace Austin is really good. And do you know what? He's filled out. He's really thick. And him and Madman Fulton is a classic kind of big man henchman, smaller, cockier guy. And he's got a finishing move called the fold and he kind of hits it out of anywhere. It's like a kind of spinning neck breaker. It's like a spinning neck breaker sort of RKO-ish style move. And he's agile enough to do it. He's not over the top agile, but he's agile enough to let Blake Christian do that, who did a really good job of kind of selling himself, which is kind of similar to what he did in the Super J Cup. And you're watching this going, should be going with Ace Austin, really, in this next year. Like, whether or not he's not ready in some ways, does it really matter, given what they've done in that promotion? Here's when he came young, to um, TNA, hmm. sorry, when he came to TNT, like uh, the earlier in the year when we could run when we had shows, like he was in the cruiserweight tournament, and you know the cruiserweight tournament had like kid like us too in it. You know, I like Joan Elson, but you know, and, and all the wrestlers of that standard, Brit Reswise, who you go, yeah, they're pretty good. And then he got in the ring and he looked like twelve times as pro- he looked like an actual athlete, you know what I mean? Like, he's built like mm. an athlete, he moves like an athlete, he moves like one of those classic X Division guys, like an AJ, you know, that, that he's got that kind of, like, rhythm about yeah. him. Yeah, he's, the, the potential is clear as day to see with him. Um, yeah, he's, he's going to be massive, I think. 
Yeah, and I, I know when I had that run like last year, where I sort of stuck with watching Impact every week for for a few months last year. Like he was one that you know he was a real standout. He just he, he just looked excellent, and like you say, JP, that act with Fulton as a pair, and they, they, they just they've, they've got a, just a good look and a good dynamic to get, to, together, and it it works well. And yeah, I'll be I'll be checking this one out. It it definitely sounds like it's it's a bit of a hidden gem. Uh, this one from a few things that I've I've read, and then also like the the average on the app as well, um, at like three point seven as well. So you know it's it's mm. you know it's as far as just a, a a match there on you know a impact pay-per-view that might sort of wash you by it's 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 one to look out for especially when it's it's on the jp drive exactly all, all the magic <laughs> there's and on impact plus obviously is where i watch and this. in mine and gareth yeah. um, anyway yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah it was i think i went four on it i might have been higher than most but i like blake christian he's become a better wrestler since he's been working a few more places outside of GCW. I like him. What he doesn't have is the look necessarily. It's an indie look is what he has. However, somewhere like Impact should be taking a gamble on guys with an indie look as well. They should be looking at like getting their in-ring better. That's what a lot of these places should be looking to do. And there are people out there who can do it. Um but this was, yeah, I didn't watch Moose versus Willie Mac. I quit, which was the main event. <laughs> <laughs> which I was like, all right, yeah, of Good course. Job. No, they're Jazz versus Jordan Grace as well. Like actual Jazz, like ECW Jazz. Actual, yeah, ECW Jazz. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, she was. It, it, it was like clearly Jordan Grace loved being in it. It, it, it was fine actually it was it was considering i've seen some absolutely awful women's wrestling in 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 uh i'm always going to say tna in impact this was like slightly better there you go tna and mlw how long was that good job mate only only the hour it's fine (laughs) no you've done well you've done well you did well to get all that in always look forward to your mystery box jp never know what it's going to bring bit of tokyo josie pro bit of mlw who knows what we're going to get next week (laughs) <laughs> and give us a few well, weeks you might be able to tell trust you me you, you're, you're going to get a, that match of the year you're going to be getting some, sent some um, is it Takumi Uraho versus Mai Iwasani <laughs> see, see what, what, how much cop that is no doubt for you not to watch as well Benno there you go well we've got a lot of homework to do by next week JP so I'll uh, I'll do my best and uh, the teacher and you will make sure we do it um, but yeah that's probably a good place to, to throw the plugs in next week we will be doing our uh, our grapple match of the year podcast our top 10 matches of the year we did it uh, last year with Jamesy this year Alan Farrell is is joining us we're gonna if you didn't listen to us last year we count down our top 10 matches of the year we'll have uh, a couple of guests uh, sending in their thoughts too as well so that should be fun uh, and yeah if you want to uh, completely break gra- uh, Gareth's system and, and make it completely out of date. If there's any matches uh, you haven't rated from last year that you want to, uh, you want to, we want to big up a little bit and uh, adjust the uh, the standards. Feel free. Uh, Gareth's looking at me like he might kill me, but you know, do it. Have <laughs> <laughs> you already printed off that list, Gareth? Do we always have the list? Is it already? Uh, is it set in stone? Yes. Can can people make a difference to the rankings? No, no. People can still still make a difference to the rankings. I'll probably be like doing it, like doing it like the day before again, oh, like last we year, building a fucking website at the same moment. But yeah, no, probably, I'll probably be cutting it off at some point this this week. But you, you, you've had the uh, you've had the initial run there of of, of of matches that's on the list, haven't you? Sort of things. So there you go. You've got you've got a big list for your homework, and you know it might be that something uh, something changes from nineteenth to twentieth or something like that. But I don't think there's going to be a, a lot of damage, especially at the top end where there's a there's some. Uh, some 
some clear favourites there in the top five anyway. Looking forward to breaking that down, our list as, uh, mm. as well as the the grapple list as well. So yeah, other than that, you can get me on Twitter at Benson Richie Lee. Don't usually go first with the plugs. Uh, JP, what have you got going on? <laughs> um, what have I got going on at the moment? I don't really know. BWE um, on Thursday, mate. Yeah, BWE on Thursday. We watched that at the start, so we yeah, kind of true. worked in the plug for that. Yeah, BWE on Thursday. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be on that as well. And if you haven't gone back, uh, there's obviously the Kenny Omega roundtable that I was on on post-wrestling as well. Otherwise, you can find me on Twitter at JPGP. Three E's. Yeah, and, you know, with uh, with me, it's just the, uh, obviously, Benno's reference there, the Grapple 100 is going to be coming out in the middle of the month. So if you have got any, uh, you are doing a catch-up on anything, make sure you get your ratings in there so everything counts. Uh, it's it's good to get as many numbers behind them as, as we can. If you haven't downloaded the app yet, uh, what are you doing? Get yourself on the App Store, get yourself on Google Play and download it. There's never been a better time, start of the year, to get yourself in the habit of rating everything that you watch. And it makes those match of the year lists a bit easier for you when you get to the, the back end of the year as well. Um, so, yeah do that or uh give us a follow on uh twitter at grapple app where again you'll be able to see the uh the the top uh, 100 lists come out there and any other little things that i pull together over the over the, the course of this time period so if you're looking to just pick things out there and maybe say which were the top 10 matches by promotion or which were the top 10 tag matches or maybe even the top 10 or 10,000 wwe ladder matches that have happened this year or something <laughs> like that who knows <laughs> There you go. And if you want to help me out, that uh, that GCW uh, four and a half star Ricky Shane Page uh, Nick Gage match, you know, bump that up, everyone. Help me out. Um, <laughs> do your homework, though, everyone. Yeah, if you are going to be tuning in next week, uh, we're going to be talking uh, the best matches of the year. So if there's any you got missing, uh, have a little look on the Grapple app. Use the filter tool. You'll be able to see uh, see what's uh, what's currently leading the standings um, and maybe uh, make some differences there yourself as well. So yeah, check all that out. Like I say, we'll be back with Alan Farrell next week. But yeah, that's it for another show for us. We'll see you again next week. Bye. See ya. Yeah, we gon' make them feel it. We gon' make them feel the rush.